Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself, and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not, however, what we will be doing here tonight. They're here, and we're back yet again for a very special Halloween spooky season episode. We're here to talk about the Horror Fest winner, the winner you selected, and that winner was indeed 1982's Poltergeist. That's right, Poltergeist directed by Toby Hooper, written by Steven Spielberg. We have a doozy to talk about today. It was Poltergeist who knocked off Exorcist in the finals in what was a, a stellar 1-2 in the finals there, a, uh, a close matchup, but it went to Poltergeist. And I have here first, I'm going to introduce with me the winner of the Horror Fest Tournament 2021, and he is now a two-time winner. He keeps the crown on his head. His name is Joey R. Joey, how are we doing here tonight? I'm excited. Two wins. Got to get the third one to catch Grant, but... Uh... Really happy with Poltergeist, the third round pick that my wife was nice enough to make. Real strong voting for each time it was out there. Exorcist was the most worried I was, but I really, it, I mean, it came through. It won Instagram and Twitter. It was a big win. It was a great third round pick, one that I thought had legs the whole way through and, and certainly showed that it did. And I have here with us as well the winner of last year's Harfest tournament. He won that with Halloween. And you can check out the episode on the OG Halloween that we have in our archives. And he's Grant Z. Grant, how are we doing here today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk about this movie. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I'm a little bummed that I did so poorly <laughs> this this time around. I'm, uh, I think I'm getting complacent and making some bad picks. And... Hocus pocus. Wow. Mm -hmm. Man, we're firing shots off here already yeah. from the winner's circle, too, of all places. Um, so I, I will say here that I'm basically the voice of the losers here today. <laughs> That's why, you know, Grant, you won last year. Joe, you won this yeah. year. I was swept out of the first round here in this one. Uh, there were a couple yeah. of us who were, too. I thought I had good picks. I thought we'd be talking about a different Toby Hooper-directed movie here today in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wasn't meant to be. Before we start talking about Poltergeist, we're going to talk about that that tournament that we held. And, and we're going to kind of just run through the the quarterfinals and how the Eerie Eight went. And uh, your guys' kind of thoughts on how things broke down as we talk about these movies, I guess we'll just uh, kick around how we thought they did throughout the, the rest of the tournament. Does it work for you guys? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Cool. Um, so that first matchup there was uh, included the Poltergeist, and it went up against John Carpenter's The Thing. Poltergeist versus The Thing. I looked at this match and I said, man, I could see the winner of this going the whole way. Yeah. What did we think about this one? I thought the same exact thing. When I saw that, I was... One nervous because the thing is fantastic, and I was like, "Oh man, whatever wins this is going to have a hard time losing." They both performed really well in the first two rounds, so I thought that one for sure was like a juggernaut matchup. Yeah, it was yeah, nice well, that they didn't fall into each other's hands earlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when when we're pulling names for this, I mean, those were two that I thought could could be the final matchup, and there they were in the first round. The thing was selected by Melissa from Below Freezing. It was a great. That was her third round pick. Yeah, yeah. So this was kind of the. The, uh, the battle between the third round heat seekers here. The steals. That's right. So it was Poltergeist that would go on and, and win that one. And I think like we said about all of these matchups in the first round here, like 
beforehand didn't know how any of them would go, but would think that whatever it was would would go decidedly because that's kind of just how this whole tournament was. Is sure yeah. in the first hour, whatever was winning would just take off. There's only a few times that someone came back and won. It was very, and it was early on at that point. Yeah, we have to yeah. say the voting turnout really was incredible. unbelievable. Yeah. It was un- yeah. we had what over 1,200 votes for round one, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it over a hundred votes for each pool. Incredible. It was, it was right around a hundred for each pool, which was just yeah, awesome. For, stuff. for us, that's amazing. It's unreal. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. So the next matchup there was Doctor Sleep versus Scream Two. Two sequels, because we all had to take a sequel. Two sequels that really uh, skyrocketed through the tournament up until this point here. And it was Scream Two that would knock off Doctor Sleep. And it was Melissa and I again. I mean, me and Melissa going at that could have been a lot of ways, but unfortunately. Well, fortunately for me, went two and zero. That could another one that could have gone either way. Because Doctor Sleep really, I think, outperformed the entire. That yeah, that was out of all the movies in the eerie eight. That was the biggest surprise to me by far. And I'm not commenting on it as as the movie itself. I haven't seen it, so I don't want to comment on it. But well, that's what we do here. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, some people do here. But it's a movie that you know you don't really hear about at all. No one really talks about Doctor Sleep, so I'm surprised it did it did that well. I guess the following's bigger than I expected. Yeah, so I think with the Doctor Sleep, and, and this kind of applies a little bit to Scream too, eventually too. But Doctor Sleep came out. We did this tournament right as Midnight Mass came out. Yes. Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass, and that was kind of like the number one show on Netflix, and yeah. people were really talking up Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan was everywhere. Uh, yeah. So then there were people rewatching Doctor Sleep, and Doctor Sleep was was fresh in everyone's brain. So I think that he really rode that wave here in that one. Yeah. And uh, Scream 2, the new Scream. this right. came right as the trailer for Scream 5 came right. out. So Scream was on everyone's mind. So Scream memes everywhere and people posting all that. It was just so, it was Scream and Flanagan. It was for, easy for people to click yeah. Scream. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I recently saw Doctor Sleep a couple months ago and it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. And you're right, Grant, though. Nobody really talks about it. But when you talk to someone who's seen it, yeah. everybody loves it. Sure. I still have to check out the director's cut for Doctor Sleep. I saw Doctor Sleep in the theater. I think I actually saw it right before we recorded our Cuckoo's Nest episode, yeah. Joey. I remember bringing it up in that because we talked a little Shining in that too because yep. we, had, we had Jack on the mind there that day. But yeah, I was happy with the Scream 2 win because, again, Scream 2, another movie that just really did well in all its pools, really put the hurt on some people. So Yeah, and it was Scream 2 that would move on. Uh, next, on the other side of the bracket, we'd have Aliens versus The Exorcist. Aliens was RDB's selection, and The Exorcist was the number one overall selection in the draft by Jay Dowski. And it would be The Exorcist, who came out of the save bracket, along with Scream 2, yeah. to get here. It kind of had its second life to it. This this very much had the um, the same story that Toy Story had in the animation. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was the save, it was the kind of the king out of the save bracket, and then it made it all the way to the, to the finals. Yeah, kind of like a favorite early on. Oh, that, sure performed not so great. I mean, he was even second place and I think a couple of mm-hmm. pools that it advanced in. I think people and, took it for granted. Yep. Came out of the same bracket and, and here it would go skyrocketing to the yeah. finals. And, and Aliens, and that was Artie's final horse in the race there and, and that kind of got uh, dismissed right around the same time that Alien got dismissed in last year's bracket. <laughs> Do with that what you will. And then the last matchup here was uh, an all-Adam Matchup all Adam from below freezing in one thousand one. You got the Joey R treatment. Hey, yes, listen, it's happened to me three times, so I don't feel bad when it happens to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> three had, straight tournaments in the in the quarterfinals. We've you had, had five pools. This has happened to me three times. Yeah, and the good part about it is is, is that you're guaranteed a spot in the final four. But the problem is, is you're, you're taking not guaranteed yourself a spot out. in the finals. Yeah. Whereas in this one, you would be guaranteed yes. a spot in the finals because. Both of your both of your movies on the other side of the bracket are going up against each exactly. other. Exactly. So two days earlier, before it was over, I knew I was going to be 
At least on the episode. Yeah, I'd be here recording. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Adam's Bride of Frankenstein, which was kind of a nice surprise classic in there. Awesome surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah to see a nineteen thirty-five movie do well in these, it, it's really good because people tend to lean on the on the modern nostalgic and the contemporary. So 100%. it was was very good to see that. And that would go up against uh, It Follows, which would follow into that contemporary that they love. Another one that really great uh, movie though. Yeah, yeah, an think, awesome one. I don't think anyone was surprised that that did as well as it did. Yeah, and that was his first round selection. Bride of yeah. Frankenstein was uh, well, he picked twice in the or it was he did those the were his first round. two picks. Right. right, he went bang bang with them. I think Bride of Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein was first. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was like eleventh and fourteenth pick, whatever. Right, so it would be like the last pick of the first round, the first pick right. of the second round. But second two pick. two great picks, two great movies. But I am happy that it follows. Yeah, with through. me out at this point, I was It Follows was the one I was going all in on. That's sure. the one I wanted to do the episode on. I thought it'd be a lot of fun. I wanted the win for my ego because I need to catch Grant, but um, I was like, oh man, It Follows. How do you beat an It Follows episode? Yeah. <laughs> okay, first... so yeah, so, so it would be It Follows knocking off Brightest Frankenstein. So Adam would lose one of his movies, but also advance to the final four there, leaving the final four Poltergeist, Scream 2, The Exorcist, and It Follows. I'd say out of those four, Scream 2, probably the biggest surprise. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Scream 2, Poltergeist go up. Scream 2 took a nice little uh, early lead. Yeah, it, it fought. It did. It fought well. And, yeah. and Poltergeist just kind of outlasted. I think like people eventually were like, all right, what are we doing here? Right. You know, like, <laughs> I think like the people who came on at the end were like, what? No, we're, we're getting rid of you. <laughs> yeah, and I think that some of like the classics that went out in the earliest rounds affected the voting later on because I think there were people who were like kind of ticked off that they'd see, oh, here we go, uh, you know, the Chainsaw Massacre's out of here. A couple others that were kind of surprises that would that would be bounced. And you'd say, what's this doing moving on? Are people losing their minds? So like when it got to this head-to-head, they're like, oh, we're not going to let a poltergeist or an interest go You can't out. take it for granted. You got yeah. to vote for what you want to win. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. You can't assume everyone's going to vote the right way. Right. Yeah. So, so Poltergeist would uh, knock off one of your movies, Joe, but would steal your spot in the finals. And it would be Exorcist versus It Follows. Kind of the same thing. It Follows got off to a nice little start. It was very close. Just couldn't hold it. Couldn't hold it. Exorcist outlasted. And, and we get a finals of Exorcist. Jay's pick, Jay's number one pick in the draft. Picked it for good reason. Here it is in the finals up against Poltergeist. It's just... If forget about all the stuff that it took to get here, I think that's like, the finals. It, it, yeah. From the start, I would think those two movies have a great chance of going right. up against oh, each other. Yeah. So, like pe- matchup pending, like it's not surprised those two are there. No, no, not at all. And last year's uh, last year's finals was Halloween and Scream. Yep. This year, Exorcist and Poltergeist, a super respectable matchup for hundred percent. Sure. Oh and yeah, it, it was Poltergeist taking it out. On both, I think. I think it was like 54-46 on both. Like it was super even. On but, both. Yeah, I think at the at, by the end, Poltergeist really started pulling away. By that morning, it, it pretty much stayed that way. Then we, we get new votes, but it all it just stayed pretty much even. Exactly. Okay, so it, it, it indeed is Poltergeist, which we are going to be talking about here today. I'm excited to get into this with you guys. It's an interesting movie to talk about. There's plenty of on-screen and off-screen stuff to talk about here. And it'll fit right into uh, the Halloween season and the uh, spooky season as well. First, want to talk about what we're drinking here today. I will uh, go to you first, Joe. What do you got? So, in honor, a little behind the scenes, this weekend, we had a little podcast meetup at Great South Bay Brewery, where we're from, with uh, our friends Adam and Melissa from Below Freezing. They came out, a bunch of, you know, Best Picture cast people went. We had a great time. So, 
actually ended up running into my brother there randomly, who was there with friends as well. And on his way out, he bought me a couple cans of the Great South Bay Mist Baja Explosion. It's a sour, real, real nice tart sour. So it's tasty. It's um, it's green. It's good. And so, you know, just to honor the memory, you know, go back to the great time we had this weekend hanging and bullshitting with each other. Yeah, absolutely. It was really was a blast to come out and see him. Awesome. We had a, a, a little. Uh, BPC and below freezing um, commune events. So it was a lot of good. We had a lot of people come out. It was a lot of fun for sure. Great, it was there. Blast. It was an absolute blast. It was so cool. You know, because we've seen them on we've seen them on Zoom and mm-hmm. we've done podcasts and stuff. But it was just see them face to face and talk to them and you know get to get to really know them. It was a really really great experience. That's right. We got to show the Seattleites what uh, Long Island life's like a little bit. Here. <laughs> but uh, it was yeah totally cool seeing Adam and Melissa. And great, you have a great South Bay as well today. I do. I have the Great South Bay pumpkin. It is a Halloween episode after all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just like Joey, I wanted to. Um, I went out and specifically bought a Great South Bay out of celebration of uh, this past weekend. Great stuff, great stuff. And I have here today the uh, the Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing. It's appeared a few times here on this Sounds familiar. on this pod, yeah. And uh, I'm drinking it out of uh, we're we're at uh, Joey R's uh, studios here, and this is where we recorded last year's Halloween episodes. We yeah. getting a now little, the house uh, is furnished. That's last right. Year we we just a, moved in last. I year. bought a folding table and folding chairs that morning last year, so we had a place <laughs> to sit. Yeah, that's right, just to make it yeah, happen. That worked out well. So, Joe, you lent me a nice glass here, and it's a Legends of the Hidden Temple glass. Very cool. Yeah, love that. A, a great show from our childhood. That they're remaking. Are they really? Yeah, they're bringing it back with the now adult contestants. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> man, we'll be plenty of talk of bad remakes here today, oh, <laughs> I'm sure, as we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the remakes and sequels of this one. But the main focus here is Poltergeist, and this Ooh. is the 1982 Poltergeist. Yeah, the other one doesn't count. I love Sam Rockwell, but that just yeah. shouldn't have been done. Yeah, absolutely not. I know um, we'll get there, but Christ. So, Poltergeist, Joey, I'm going to let you talk first. What's What, what were your first experiences with this? What was your experience with it before the tournament, and what led you up to taking it? So, Poltergeist is, um, I feel like I've said this a few times, a movie I saw way too young. And I loved it. I thought it was cool. The beast scared the shit out of me. But it was good. I liked it. I've always loved horror movies, so I always tried, you know, I first talked about it on Silence of the Lambs. I've just always gravitated towards that and always saw them way younger. And it's always, you know, it's not something I watch yearly, but... It's something I do check out regularly. And last year, when it didn't make it through the tournament, I was like, okay, Exorcist and Poltergeist have to be at the top next year. And everyone throughout the year kept throwing out Exorcist, and nobody was talking about Poltergeist. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. So a little behind the scenes, I um, I couldn't do the draft, but I was the only person. So my wife, Kristen, was nice enough to step in and draft, so I had everything. And I was like, all right, Exorcist and Poltergeist. Exorcist is going to be done. And she, she, you know, she she did the reworking. She pulled the poltergeist the third round, and I was like, yeah. "That's that's unbelievable." Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people's third round picks were the wild cards. So it was the third round that ended up being kind of strong in the because yeah. Everyone wanted to make sure they fulfilled their right. their sequel and their their post two thousands. But you ended up being a great a great pick and a, and a good winner. Grant, what were your first uh, experiences with poltergeist? I think I saw it uh, as an adult. I never was into scary movies growing up. So it's a movie that I, you know, really, I avoided. Then when I got older, started watching it. And now I think my wife, my wife and I, we watch it semi regularly mm-hmm. around the around Halloween time. Yeah. So it's a movie that I'm pretty familiar with. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um. So for me, much the opposite story here. I didn't didn't see this movie till this year. This oh, was wow. a recent wow. watch wow. for okay. me. Okay. And so last year when we recorded the Roadhouse episode, one of the little caveats or one of the little sections we did was what is the most well-known movie that you haven't seen. Right. Where you said, what was the most popular movie yeah, you've yeah. seen? Right. Joey, I think yours was like The Goonies, Goonies. maybe. 
Grant, I think it was um, uh, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange, yeah. yeah. And mine was The Exorcist. Right. I hadn't seen it yet. And I had I not said The Exorcist, I think I would have picked either Gremlins or Poltergeist because I had not seen any of those three movies at the okay. Wow, okay. I have now seen them all uh, sure. as we're sitting here today and kind of saw The Exorcist and Poltergeist around the same time. So really, the I didn't even know much what Poltergeist was about. Like I didn't okay. know the, I didn't, I knew there was a clown in it. That was basically what I knew. And, and my only knowledge of it was through the Showtime series. They had a, Showtime had a, a Poltergeist television show in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And yeah, and okay. I think that's uh, just basically what what I just knew the name from. Right. But uh, yeah, other than that, was not that familiar to me, so I, I got to see it before this draft and then watched it again for this. So nice. uh, I have it fresh on the mind, for sure. Okay. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. So uh, guys, I mean, what do we think here? Are we ready to go? Let's do it. I think Let's we're ready. Let's do the old deep dive. So Poltergeist hit the theaters back in 1982, so that's where we will be traveling back to in the year 1982. The WWF champion was Bob Backlund, the All-American Bob Backlund. Uh. He held that title from 1979 to 1983, four years of Backlund indeed. He would eventually drop it in 1983 at Madison Square Garden to the vicious heel, the Iron Sheik. So uh, that wasn't the only big event held in New York that year. The other major event I'm referring to was the Stanley Cup Finals. And the Stanley Cup Finals were not held at Madison Square Garden, Joe. They were not. They were not. They were held several minutes away. About 18. Yeah, about 18, about 18, 20 minutes to get to the Coliseum. Yeah, about about, about 20 minutes away at the Coliseum. The Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, the home of the New York Islanders. And... It would be held there the previous year, 1982, as well. And it was the year that the New York Islanders would sweep the Vancouver Canucks four games to none to win their third straight Stanley Cup. As we just said, they'd go on to be in the Stanley Cups again the following year and win their fourth four Dynasty. years of the Islanders, indeed. So maybe there was some some connection between the Islanders and Bob Backlund. Uh, Bob Backlund <laughs> had the title and the Islanders won the Stanley Cup, so... Lack of cross-faced chicken wings with the Islanders, but they made it work. That was That's a great right. team, and they still, you know, they still come out, and now the Islanders go to a new arena this year, and I'm sure those early 80s Islanders will be out there. Man, a, a legendary team around here, the four straight Stanley Cups. It was coached by Al Arbor. The MVP this year was the legendary Mike Bossy. Uh, Billy Smith was was the, the goalie back yep. there. You know, we have uh, Butch Goring and, and all the other guys there. Just great, great stuff. Just fun to watch those games. And, and this is the time of year when the season's starting, when NHL Network, you, you, you know, they play old stuff and they always play one of those old Islanders games on there. Yeah, so uh, great stuff. The Islanders are now opening this year uh, a new stadium in yeah. Belmont. So. Right now, so another 10 minutes or further. That's right, that's right. Uh, other world leaders that year. Here we go. Ready to go, guys. Oh, boy. We bounced around the globe a little bit here. We had to kind of mix. We've been, we've been living a lot in the 80s here. We've done a bunch we of these honorary episodes, whether it was Roadhouse or Back to the Future. It, we've been living twins. in the 80s here. So, Twins, again, last, yeah. last week's episode. Maybe next tournament's going to have to be no 80s. No That's 80s. That's one of our <laughs> 80s stipulations. Are 80s are out. So, let's start off with the uh, president of Russia, and that is Yuri Andropov. We have the president of France, a PPC frequent, Francois Mitterrand. The president of Italy is Alessandro Pertini. Uh, Grant, you made me throw this country in the mix here. Just to switch things up, I'll let you pick a random one. You picked Zimbabwe. And the leader of Zimbabwe was Kanan Banana. Kanan Banana in charge of Zimbabwe. We have uh, the president of South Korea. 
is Chundo Juan, and then New Zealand. Uh, their prime minister was Robert Muldoon. A little Jurassic Park, oh, Park vibes in a Steven Spielberg girl. evening. There we go. Okay, pressure's off me now. Pressure's on to you guys. This is the Guess the Country Song of the Year theme. Ooh. We have Let's the do it. CMA award-winning lyrics for country. Just so we know, Kanan Bot Banana was a serial rapist. But anyway, let's go back to the 80s songs. We'll go ahead and edit, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> that contributed nothing. <laughs> I just read the fucking thing. Holy shit, sorry. I derailed us. Sorry. Oh, I did do that the whole time. I just like, wanted to say you up. <laughs> I did not. All right, sorry, sorry, wow. sorry. 80s song. Country song. Country song in the 80s. So this is where I, I take the CMA song of the year. We take the title, and you kind of guys guess based on the title what you think the song is about. Yeah. So we have a, a pretty legendary country song here today, and that is uh, Always On My Mind. Okay, Always On My Mind is recorded by the great Willie Nelson. And it was written by Johnny Christopher, Wayne Carson, and Mark James, three guys with two first names. And uh, it was performed by Will and Nelson, who also has two first names. Always on my mind. Grant, what do you think? We'll let you go first here. Always on my mind. Yeah. Um, it sound, I, don't, I don't know the song. Um, you know, it, it sounds like a lover's remorse kind of song. Break up and she's always on his mind. Okay. Joe, always on, always on my mind. Yeah, I was thinking love song. Like, always on my mind as we're building this relationship type thing. Okay, so going. we kind of went... Ne- never with... heard the song before. Sure. Okay, yeah, it's it's a lamenting lost love one, so Grant, you're going to get hey, the, uh, the ding, ding, ding bell there. you're pretty good at this. You have. Yeah, you're, you are. You've tracked pretty well. You're definitely, well. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're you're definitely the winner of this so far. This has got me a special honorary episode, or... I don't know. Maybe we'll do an episode on Kane and Banana. <laughs> that one True on. crime <laughs> podcast. Serial. <laughs> <laughs> Kane and Banana. Oh, Jesus. I may have to leave it in somehow. And he was the first president of Zimbabwe, so their first president was a serial rapist. Okay, so yeah, always in my mind, he was, it's, uh, I'll give you a little snippet here. Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have, and maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. If I made you feel second best, girl, I'm sorry I was blind. You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. And again, you can check that out by the great Willie Nelson. Still alive and kicking Willie Nelson. Still alive and, yeah. and smoking, yeah. I think. Yeah, he's smoking. Him, I think he has like a marijuana line out. Like, he, I think yeah. he's, he's just, he's got a great, he's having a great run. Um, but there were two runners up here that I would have rather done, just based on the titles alone, not songs I've heard before, but the, these are other nominees that didn't win. Uh, and it's not a who should have won podcast, but <laughs> let's uh, check this out. One of the titles is, you're the reason God made Oklahoma. Oh, oh. classic country one. And this one this has got to be an all-time great country title here. I'm going to hire a wino to decorate our home. That's amazing. There yeah. we go. So maybe, maybe when we, if, we, if we go back to 1982, maybe we'll do those two. Exactly. For the, for the next honorary. Well, the thing was also 1982, so the thing could win oh, in two it years. Could. It could. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So Poltergeist was directed by Toby Hooper, was produced by Frank Marshall and Steven Spielberg. Original screenplay was written by Steven Spielberg, Michael Grace, and Mark Victor. Music by Jerry Goldsmith. Cinematography by Matthew Leonetti. Film editing by Michael Kahn. Kahn is a three-time Oscar winner. Poltergeist is starring Craig T. Nelson, Joe Beth Williams, Heather O'Rourke, Oliver Robbins, Dominique Dunn, Beatrice Strait, James Karen and Zelda Rubinstein. It was nominated for three Oscars yeah. at, at the at, at 1982's 
Oscar Awards ceremony. Those were for visual effects, sound effects, and best score, Jerry Goldsmith. And uh, interesting, too, is because this was the same year as both Gandhi was the winner, but E.T. was the big was a big contender that right. year, too. So Spielberg had kind of two horses in the race there. Really opposite ends of the spectrum there. And E.T. would win those awards that Poltergeist was crazy. up against. Yeah, visual right. effects and, and the score as yeah, well. Yeah, that makes sense. Jerry Goldsmith, who does the score for, for Poltergeist here, nominated for Oscars 18 times. That's unbelievable. Yeah, his 18 name, nominees. His name is familiar. I was, I was as I was looking up. through everything, I was like, I got it was just too much scrolling. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, would only win once. For another horror movie, The Omen, that was his win. The Omen, he did. Mm, that is a good. That is a good one, though. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's for like, sure. Yeah, that's great. Uh, some notable ones: Ellie Confidential, Alien, Chinatown, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, Basic Instinct, Gremlins. Mm. Oh, Total Recall. Some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Great run there for Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. And we should mention. I just said that the film editor Michael Kahn. Uh, had three Oscar wins for film editing, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Schindler's List, and Saving Private Ryan, three Spielberg joints there. Okay. And he's kind of Spielberg's go-to film right. editor, so this you'll see guy. him in there a, a lot for a, for a lot of those. In addition to those three Oscars, Poltergeist is also the winner of one BAFTA. It so, won the BAFTA award for visual effects. No Globes. No Globes. No Globes to speak of here. No yeah. Globe nominations. No the Globes wins. just don't like the horror. You never they like know. The sil- they like the silly, but you never know. You never know what the fuck. The you never are know what. The I don't think the globes know what they are. They're about. <laughs> you never know what the globes are going to glow. Poltergeist a, a seven point three rating on IMDb. Okay. For comparison, The Exorcist was an eight point oh, so a, a legitimate upset there. I mean, Exorcist is a better movie. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. Interested to talk about the the merits of this one though. We'll start off by uh, defining the word poltergeist because it's kind of an odd. An odd word, and and poltergeist is German for yeah. German word meaning noisy ghost. Yeah, and a poltergeist is a ghost or other supernatural being supposedly responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises and objects thrown around. So that's your Google definition there. Perfect. Sure. So poltergeist, gentlemen, where would you like to begin, Joe? It was your uh, your selection. Why don't you get us started here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a really good haunted house movie. There's a fun, uh, you know, genre of horror movies because it's just, you know, the house being a character on his own is just a cool thing. If done right, it's a good way of building a lot of characters, bringing things in while also feeling claustrophobic and becomes even more scary because you live in a house. You know, I don't live, yeah. you know, so I don't work in a cemetery, so that might not be as, but everybody lives in a house. They can fuck up anybody. Yeah, it's definitely something where the idea of it coming to your doorstep just unexpectedly is is kind of scary. Um, I think the what this movie does really well is that it sets up, especially more the more the parents than anyone else. It sets up the characters, it sets up the family really well. Really well, and I agree because a lot of them, you know, a lot of times with these movies, when things happen, you know, they they kind of rush the characters, focus more on the kids, and then the story becomes about the parents falling apart. Yeah. Where here, they set up the parents better than anybody except for Carol Ann, who I think they do a good job with. And as yeah. things get worse for them, you learn more about the family, which is, I mean, that's Spielberg. Yeah, I, yeah I, that's, I that's gonna, Spielberg's influence on it, yeah. for sure. I was going to say, too, is, you know, I think when, when people think of a horror movie or even a ghost movie or something like that, you think of like a kind of like a dark and dingy looking film or something that's going to look like a haunted house or mm-hmm. something where there's there's shadows and cobwebs and... 
and dark places everywhere. Right. Or like the creepy basement with the yeah. when they open up the latch. Like the whole house might be nice, but the basement creaks right. and shadows. Like, like the and, first yeah. conjuring, another great haunted house movie, but the basement is exactly what you're talking about. They're like, ooh. Yeah. This this movie is very bright. Very. It's very colorful. Yeah. It's very warm in places. Mm-hmm. And that's the Spielberg touch for sure, because yep. you can see if, if you saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you can definitely see a lot of that rub off into this. Oh, yeah. E.T. And, it looks like and the, same, the same, same year. Yeah, and they're basically being filmed at the same time yes. as the guys in E.T. So you can see him kind of doing both. And, and while we mentioned that this, this film is directed by Toby Hooper, who also directed uh, the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacres, both one and two, mm-hmm. Spielberg had his hands all over this and was, and was basically yeah. leaning over. Right. Sure I mean, it certainly feels that way. And I mean, yeah. even... There, you know, and when you read about uh, the actor who played Tangina or Tangina, I don't know if we've decided on which way we're going with that yet. I think, she it's, even, I think it's Tangina. Let's go Tangina. She even said, "No, Spielberg was the director." Basically, ET had a the production company for ET had a clause right. saying that Spielberg couldn't direct another film while ET was in production. Spielberg had the wheels in motion here for Poltergeist, so he handpicked Toby Hooper because he loved yeah. he loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So he goes, "All right, he can come in with this and do this." But it's kind of like the, the little-time director is still under Spielberg's thumb. Right. Yeah. And there have been a lot of talks in the, over the years as to who, how involved Hooper was or, or, or the lack thereof and how much Spielberg really had control over the actors and control of the storyboards and all that. And over the years, Spielberg's kind of, he's kind of leaned toward giving Hooper some more credit and whatnot. The DGA did a full investigation yes. on it because what happens is a lot of times is you'll see movies that are there's one director and another guy who's uncredited and then they'll later credit the guy even though right. he's uncredited right. in the screen so you'll see his IMDB page uncredited but he'll get that right. he'll get that nod later on but they they kept it with, with Hooper for this one so I think enough people said that he, he was pretty involved but he was kind of he was being. He has training wheels on. He was right. Like, yeah, the Spielberg training wheels were very much on. Was was this was this Hooper's like first big budget movie? I do believe he has something in between in between Texas Chainsaw Massacre and okay. this. However, I'm sure budget wise, nothing this he was did the was even close. One. I would have, I would even think after this, he probably didn't have yeah. one as as big as this. He had a lot of horror movies. It's, it's just yes. horror movies. Yeah, mostly a yeah. horror movie guy. And he would do Texas Chainsaw Massacre two would come after. Yes, that's after. Yeah. Wait, did Salem's Lot? I didn't realize. Yes, that. Salem's Lot, the uh, the Stephen King adaptation, okay. yeah. which I was didn't... a TV movie. No, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a two part. It's good. I, I didn't realize he did that though. A lot of TV stuff. Freddy's Nightmares, the TV show, Tales from the Crypt. Mm. So I feel like every one of these guys did a Tales from the Crypt episode or something. <laughs> it comes up a lot when we we talk about these. Hundred percent. The intro to this movie, man, we start with the Star Spangled Banner. I love it. Which is kind of like I even forgot in watching this time. I forgot from last time that that's that that's there. Yeah, it's it's it because it's funny because they set the TV up right away. Dad just falling asleep. The TV sign off, which is a thing that we cannot relate to today. No, that no, was the, the thing. Fuzzy. Yeah, the TV fuzz. went off at some point. They signed off. They played the song, and that was it. All now, the channels did it. Now it's just slap chop commercials, right? Infomercials, right? right. <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Slap right. chop, right. right? Right. Now you wake up. They're trying to sell you something real quick, and you're, you're like, I don't need more luggage. They. It starts hot with that. Yes, which is cool. I like that they get right into it with the girl t- because they don't. Yeah. There's no exposition. They're like, okay, you're gonna learn this with us. So I want to ask you guys this: the pacing of this movie. Is that? Oh, I have some thoughts on this because we just did we just covered twins last week and we've done a couple of these 80s movies now so how is it no it, it's probably a little trickier for you guys to fully answer because you said it's grand it's a yearly watch for you and joy one you saw it from a young age so yeah. you're very familiar with it so i, I want to hear what you guys think about how this movie was paced with its runtime 
Could have been shorter, could have been longer. What, what what were your thoughts on that? And then I'll give you my thoughts leading into it. It was a pretty good pace, especially for being in 1982. You know, usually movies like this, I think Joey alluded to this, alluded to this earlier, where it kind of, it would take more more time to build up. Is there stuff that can get cut out? Probably. I mean, it's an hour and 15 minutes. You can probably get trimmed down a little bit, but I don't think it's, I think everything that's in there is, you know, serves enough of a purpose to stick to stay in there. Yeah, Joe, how about you? Yeah, so um, I love that you don't even get your bearings and the little girls talking to the TV. I love the fact that there was a, a false finish. Mm. Um, you know, I I think those things were really cool. Where I, and I kept, felt like it moved. I have no issue with it. Like I think it moved at a pace where I was happy. I was never bored. Uh, I also never felt rushed. I in watching this a couple months ago, just cold turkey, know nothing about it. I. I thought it was a little slow and a little dry at times, and it w- it w- I wasn't I wasn't like on the edge of my seat engaged like you think you would be for a horror film, and I was wondering if maybe the, it's it's the the age of it. It doesn't for a lot of the movie it does not play like a horror film. No, it no. doesn't, and I know Adam Melissa from Below Freezing did who didn't have they a did great, not like it. They didn't have a great experience with it, yeah. right? And I think that was kind of what I just been talking about. It seemed like they had a hard time really getting plugged into it. And I had a similar experience the first time. Now, watching it this time around, knowing where the story's going a little bit, I, I, was, I had a really nice time watching last night. I, yeah. put, I had to put the phone away, had all the lights out, popped in, was just had a, had a great time doing awesome. it. awesome. Yeah. I can, I can see for the first, first time watching it, the scene specifically when everyone's going to sleep and Dr. Lesh is talking to to Robbie and Diane. I love that scene. It's a great scene. Well, it's a great scene, yeah. but I can, under, I can understand people like expecting to see a horror movie yeah. being completely thrown off by that. Right. And that was such a Spielbergian oh, scene. Right. Really, like, the, the, yeah. the human Just, touch right. to, to, to raising kids. And, Which is yeah. why I think this is a really good horror movie, because it, it has a, an actual family subplot. It's not... That oh Robbie's having nightmares and da 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 no he's sleeping with his parents because they'll protect him the best it's, they can it's, it's a real so, it's realistic right the only thing that I would I think the stu- the football scene with the two remotes that could go okay yeah but other than that it's, like yeah. I can't well, really think what, about it. what they're what they're There's doing a, there is they're, they're building the neighborly building. yeah they're trying I, yeah. to build a community right building. I get what but, they're doing but like in the grand scheme of things do I care that they have the same remote no yeah right, so so. I, I want to cap off my thoughts there with, yeah, yeah, with this yeah. too, is in watching it again today, to just go through it and do, take, do my note-taking watch, I had a great time watching it. So I, each time I watched it, I enjoyed it more. Yeah. And I think when you have you have some idea of the direction of where they're mm-hmm. going, sure. it's a little easier to watch in, in its datedness. Yeah. And, and which got me thinking, because I had the similar, very similar experience with Twins. Where each time I watched it, I kind of was into it more because I, I knew where the characters were going and, and what we're doing. Um, Close Encounters of Third Kinds. Again, it's another Spielberg 80s type of movie, uh, even in E.T. I think in the 80s, a lot of these movies were made and constructed specifically for the movie theater audience and the movie theater audience of their time. So we're so we're conditioned so differently to watch things now mm-hmm. and things are are kind of paced with a little more adrenaline to it yes. and and a little more a little more vigor so we're not we're not going to react like a theater audience member would have in the 80s and oh, for sure. even Absolutely. some older stuff we've seen this as well like we talked Joey you and I talked about around the world in 80 days i mean that movie 
couldn't there couldn't be a more dramatic example of a movie that was made for the people of 1956 right. to sit in a theater and watch yeah, yeah. it. That movie does not belong on TV. It 100%. was laid, it was made for playbills. It was right. made for sitting there on a giant widescreen. It was made for IMAX. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> particularly when you've never been in an IMAX theater. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like they wanted you to look around and be in a world. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think that's that a lot of some of the films we've covered from the 40s and from the 30s and whatnot were just they were just made right. they were just made to be just pictures and and it yeah. was just made to be a film for anyone to watch at any time it wasn't supposed to be a blockbuster right and i don't think it's a surprise that movies today are a lot quicker than movies movies of the past mm-hmm. even you know 30 years ago I, I i don't think that's a surprise at all we, we've alluded to that before yeah many so, times and i mean now you're competing to try to keep someone's eyes off their phone yeah, it, you know, yeah. When, when in thirty years, forty years ago, when people went, that was it. They, were they had you in the eighties. Right. They had you. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah. yeah, but they also weren't thinking in the when this comes out in eighty two. They were like, okay, what kind of run is this going to get on TV? Yeah. You know? um, now I want to ask you guys another question because a, a, a listener had asked me this question, kind of in in between weeks here. They were listening to our Rocky episode. Okay, and enjoying. Uh, talk about took them a month to watch. Or? <laughs> long run times <laughs> designed for uh, certain audiences. Um, we haven't found that audience yet, uh, but uh, <laughs> we will. Um, we will. Uh, yeah, so I think we referred to Rocky as a blockbuster at one point in that, Did we? and or, or maybe mm. we're talking about the franchise or or, or whatever it yeah. was. Now, do you think a blockbuster? Does the movie have to be intended to be a blockbuster to be a blockbuster, or is it a blockbuster after the fact? I think the I think the blockbuster gets its name for what it accomplishes. Okay, so like for instance, like an yeah, Independence Day. Well, like, Fourth of July release, they're clearly going. Well, that was for made to be. Like, I feel like you can make a movie to be a blockbuster, which is the Michael Bay approach. Whether right. or not it is a blockbuster is a different. Story. Agree. Right. Like there, how, we, if we really went back and thought right now, there's a lot of movies that were made to be blockbusters. Oh, this came out. This is coming out Memorial Day. This is coming. That failed miserably. That sure. no one gave a shit. You would that, never call that a blockbuster, right? But right. Independence Day was made to be a blockbuster, and it worked. And it was a, a million times yeah. over. And, That's and what, the, the, the listener's question, listener, listener, Sean. Uh, his question was basically when when Stallone made Rocky, do you think he made it with the intentions of being this big blockbuster, no, this nope. big franchise? And I didn't no. think so either. It was like a small uh, a film that he put everything into. I think I think he was surprised it got the distribution that it did. Yeah, like yeah. The, you know the the wide distribution. Like this could have yeah. been this could have easily been an independent movie that nobody right. saw. Talk about yeah. how kicking its coverage. No, that but that's a movie that I think because of what it did and what it spawned and became into, you can't not call it a blockbuster. Yeah. And then my other thought would be something like a Blair Witch. You know, I I Blair Witch you couldn't say it was it was one of the biggest movies of the I mean, year. That was a phenomenon. That was, that was and there's no yeah. way they I, made that movie and thought it was going no, to be what I, it became. I, think, I mean, that was that was more than a blockbuster. That became It doesn't get any non Michael Bay. Then. Right. <laughs> So, so just to tie back into this is I mean, this is clearly a movie that was intended to hit big in the box offices. I mean, it, it, there's no way you can look at it otherwise. I think he yeah, put up this so, yeah. and ET, and he's like, I'm going to take over and, and have a monster, right? A I monster think, movie. and I think it's just Spielberg being, you know, covering his bases, right? Like, all right, like I want to do a horror movie, like I want to do it. But listen, we all have our things, and when you know Spielberg has the Spielberg touches, and that's why he's so successful because he does these things. So even when it's a horror movie, it still has heart. So the the oh man, the opening of this is so beautiful, going over that town and fucking awesome. And the score really shines in this film. Uh, what did you guys think of the score in general? Do you have 
do you have uh, a, another side of that too? Because there were some reviews that didn't necessarily I love it. Grant, you're making a face. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. Hmm. Um, with the whole like children's chorus and the, the kids laughing and stuff, I'm like, oh, or, we get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I get it. It's yeah. a child in peril and it's kind of ironic and it's kind of creepy and it's innocence and all that. I, yeah. No, I, I, it, was a, it was a little much for me. Is your cynicism to that? Do you think that could be related to how much it's been done between then and now? Like, how many times do we see, like, a there's, like, a commercial for, like, a scary video game, and it's, like, it's like a kid singing, like, right. singing, like, My Country Tis of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A right. Sweet land. <laughs> you know, like, singing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I can answer that. Yeah, okay. You, know, you just, hard, at this hard, point, it's, you're... It's hard, you're it's hard to kind of yeah. put myself in that mindset. No, but but I, I think it's... I, it, I, I feel like it just does seem a little... Like, Amity Horror is the same kind of thing where it starts off as this, like, pleasant song and then it gets more and more sinister mm-hmm. as it as it kind of goes on. Yeah, I, it, was, it was just a little on the nose for me. What... what looking back, and both of you guys have answers, when you think of horror movie scores... What or where are the first places you go? Like, what are what is like the Mount Rushmore of, of horror movie scores? And you don't have to give me uh, four, but like what movies? Would Exorcist you and Halloween are top notch because for me the score did not. I, I when I when the movie was over, I was like, oh shit, the score did good. I probably should have paid. Like it didn't connect wow. with me one wow, way or okay. another. Where it hit me right away. No, it was like one of the first places that like, like no, just nothing. And I like I was just I like I went on the second watch. I paid more attention to it, and I thought. I've nothing bad to say about it, but I, you know, I think it was. I'm more neutral with it overall. Like, so jo- I, Joey, it didn't take me out. Joey threw out, threw out Halloween and Exorcist. Uh, and Exorcist. I just have a question about Exorcist. Did is there any other score besides that song? Besides yeah, there's stuff else? throughout. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, just exactly. the yeah. Because I, I know because yeah. I know the song is the song is great, but is it? Oh, there's oh. the movie scored throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that, that score works. Like that was an Oscar relevant score. Yeah, I mean too. the Omen. I wouldn't have thought on top of my head, but when you said that before, I was like, oh shit, that's a good one. Yeah, Halloween comes to mind. Uh, Psycho comes to mind. Oh yes, Psycho. Oh, great call. good call. Great call. How about Jaws, Grant? Yeah, you're sure. gonna you're gonna concede it as a horror score? No, but it works. Oh. <laughs> it may not be a horror movie. It's a horror score. Well, it depends. Like, but that—that's a horror song. But then are, are we really going to have this conversation? But, but then you yeah, also have, then you also have like the you also have like the swashbuckling adventure music. Yeah, right. The adventure music. Yeah, you know. So the whimsical adventure music. Now, Exorcist did not get a an Oscar nod for score. So I think maybe we have to go back and revisit revisit the the soundtrack there that one a little bit. Yeah, but I, I think this one, I was kind of neutral overall. Um, you know, I, I think working, I did, the one, I mean, I remember the music when it was kind of bringing in the neighborhood. Like, I think it was cool, but I didn't think it was anything where I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I thought it kept a good pace throughout. I thought it switched when it had to. It, 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 it wasn't your traditional common horror score. I thought it, it balanced the, the Spielberg family right. movie and the, and the score. You have Coach in there. It can't be too, too heavy-handed. <laughs> That's right. Craig T. Nelson, who was also uh, the star coach, he's been in a bunch of things, a bunch of things since too. Yeah, I thought he was great in this. I thought he did a really good yeah. job as the, you know, the motivated worker, but also good father. Like he wasn't the workaholic who ignores his family. Like he had, no, he was a good dad. Yeah, good dad. Like cared. Like when shit went wrong with his kids, it actually affected him, and he wasn't, you know, uh, like I said earlier, you know, how many times. Um, you know, in these movies up, okay, 
ghost comes running through, attacks my wife, but all right, I have to go on my, I have to go to my job tomorrow. No, yeah. he's like, no, I have the fucking flu. I'm, and I'm clearly not sleeping because I need to protect my family. Yeah, he was a very human character. Yeah. yeah they did. And, and that was the Spielberg touch, yes. too. Is he knows how to... He knows how to get human characters out of parents yeah. and out of kids. So I, I liked that a lot. But, like, you believe this as a guy who would do whatever he could to protect his family, even though he had no idea what the fuck he was in on. Yeah, I'm not leaving anyone alone in this house. Right, because yeah. where the where mom, she was, you know, when the chairs are moving, she's like, oh, this is a part of the world we can't even understand. She's excited about it. He's like, no one goes in the kitchen. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> right. We'll get, we'll get our thoughts on mom in a, in a second there. Great. Well, I'm quite um, awesome. Yeah, the um the only the only thing I have about Craig T. Nelson is, it seems like out of nowhere he gets very skeptical. Yes, that's a of, pick of mine. Yeah. Of uh, and Gina, of, yeah, and and that seemed to be out of nowhere. Yeah, didn't make sense. He's the one who brought the paranormal investigators in, right? And then when they bring in like the ex, their expert, the next the, level, yeah, he's like why, scoffing why, why, at it. Yeah, that's something I don't understand. I did, yeah, I, Grant, I think that's like a script tactic for like a psychic flex. You know, like she she needed to have her like flex moment where it's yeah, like even, she puts everyone in a place. So it had to be one of them. But, but like even, make yeah. Robbie the skeptical one. Like don't send him out of there. Like yeah, him. but it, it she had to tear down logic. You know, she, sure. I don't like I don't like deceiving answers or like it was, she, right. she had to have that have that slam dunk moment on somebody. And I think he but was probably he the also, most logical character he, to do he that also, too. He also could have done it in a way that wasn't um, out of character, sarcastic or condescending. Mm-hmm. Where like he, he would just he would try to just like oh let me, let me see how good she is and do it yeah right. instead of like oh she's full of shit I'm gonna try to answer her with you know like pull a Houdini it kind of, it did kind of her putting him in her place kind of elevated her character in that oh, much it, more it, so it I think that's was, what they were it going was for effective. it legitimized her yeah. it, it was inconsistent way. with his they, yes. they yeah. took a yes. they took a they took a, a pound of flesh from his character to, to, to build, build to hers right. Right. Um, it worked for her character. I mean, yeah. I mean, ultimately, but, it doesn't really matter. Right. But it's just, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, I see where you go. I know we have the nitpick zone now, so I'm going to do better than the Twins episode and actually wait for the nitpick okay, zone. Okay, we'll see about the, that. Well, that was one, but it was That was my There's that was one my other point. one that I'm not going to be able to ignore as we get to it. Oh, but, boy. Uh, well, yeah, we will be doing the nitpicks, the nitpick zone, which we are all, all doing. I, I can't wait to talk some football in the, in the nitpick zone. We're going to have a nice conversation about that, but we'll leave that to later. You already mentioned the football scene. Joe, you mentioned uh, Diane Freeling. Played by Joe Beth Williams. What do we think of, uh, of of Mom here in this house? I love Mom. I love that she got excited about the chairs, the recklessness of putting her daughter in a helmet to slide across, getting excited about it, but then also then being protective mother and trying to do... But also, I also appreciated that she wasn't skeptical at any point. She was trying to kind of learn and accept. So when, you know, the paranormal investigators were first there and they're sitting at the table and the life flashes, she's like, it's going to happen two more times. Yeah. Like, this is just what it does. And... I appreciated that because I think that character, I think we've seen it done in other iterations of like Haunted House movies, that character becomes a lot of things sometimes like the idiot, the, mm. you know, just like the moron who doesn't see what's going on and is just like, oh, there's a ghost in the, you know, there's yeah. something coming out of the closet, oh my god, like she's more of, she's, play, she's playing a part in it and I, I, she's a good mom. She's practical. Yeah. She's practical while also being excited about. Yeah. That things that well, aren't practical. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, they're 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 still smoking weed. You know, when the kids when the kids are in bed, right? You know, they had their first daughter when she was sixteen. Yeah. No. Okay. Right. So no, no, that's the math. But it's the novelization. That no, I'm talking. 
I'm no, talking no. the movie. But they don't make it clear. But they make it clear that she that that was his from a first with from with someone else. Listen, when you're watching this. And they throw the math out in front of you. You're led to believe she has a right. kid at 16. Yeah. Whether they, it was always intended that we or not. But yeah, in the novelization, they specify. Right. They kind of go back and correct it. That, right. That but yes, her, in the she's movie, from she the was dad's, she's from the dad's a previous marriage. Right. But the dad's only four years younger, so but it's still... again, right. I mean, I think when watching the movie as a standalone, you can certainly interpret it or 100%. watch it as they I mean, had a kid at 16. Right. Oh, that yeah, happens. They're quite successful. They've had a good life, whatever they're, you know... Yeah. Yeah, because I mean that's what how I looked at it until I did research for it too. We can't, we can't expect yeah. everyone so in America to do to do listen, research for everything. Well, I was like, I, wow, okay. Listen, I am I am a Star Wars fan. There are a lot of answers from the Star Wars movies that are answered the novelizations that I scoff at. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm, I'm I'm used to this. Well, a lot of them become fixing things. Oh, sure. It's it's retconning. Right. It's it's, re- it's re- retroactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So but, okay, Grant, you mentioned you mentioned Star Wars. And we're obviously going to get some Star Wars references here. Darth Vader poster right oh, there. Oh, yeah. I thought I thought you mean like Zelda Rubenstein was one of the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> so we're ready for the Star Wars product placement segment of this. This I mean, was it's... this was when Star Wars product placement was at Speedboat Pitch, like right before <clears throat> Return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah so was... I have. Oh, would you like to? Yeah. Okay. Let me know if I missed anything here. I think I have it all. I don't. I don't. Okay. I didn't really take a catalog of it, but go I mean, ahead. it's okay. it's wrong. We have we have a C three PO light switch plate, okay. flick flick on and off. Three posters: a Star Wars movie poster, a Darth Vader poster, and a C three PO with R two D two poster. Should mention all that there's an alien poster. Yes, alien poster. Yep. So the score, a little nod to to Jerry Goldsmith's score yeah. there. It's also hanging in the Quinnipiac dance team's locker room. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember they haven't. They didn't like that movie. Oh, they didn't like the Aliens. Oh, they they were, have the Dawn of the they Dead. They have poster. the Dawn of the Dead. Poster. Zack Snyder's on Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> they have the Aliens poster. All right, so we also have uh, an Empire Strikes Back blanket, a Tie Fighter, which was placed yes. near the window. Mm-hmm. We have. I don't know what this means. You'll have to. You, I'm sure you do, though, Grant. We have a gun turret and probot playset from the Empire Strikes Back gun turret and probot. Oh, uh, the the probe. It's uh, that was the um the um, the imperial um you know the black robot that came down on Hoth that Jubak. Okay, okay. I think that's what they mean. And the gun turret is probably from the Battle of Hoth. Gotcha. I don't know for sure though. We have, of course, the jacket with the picture of Chewbacca on it that, that uh, Robin tosses on the clown. Oh, that was a dope jacket. It's a dope jacket. Yes. Uh, again, here you have to help me out. A Tauntaun figure with Tauntaun. Han Solo in Hoth gear. Yeah, that's that's the uh, like the horses or like the. Oh, the thing that the, he cuts open the... Yeah, yeah. That he cuts open and, and ties oh, in for warmth. That's a tauntaun. Okay, we have a large Yoda figure. We know that's my yeah, favorite that's, character. That's, mm, you can go to hell with that. Uh, <laughs> I would, yeah, that's, I would, that's in his bed. I'd give the Yoda figure to thrift myself. You know, it's you're just a, me. That's just me. I'd rather a tauntaun. One of the best teachers in cinema. I learned nothing. Uh, Darth Vader action figure carrying case. Yes. Uh, and several action figures, including a Stormtrooper, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, and R2-D2. And there we have it. That's all the, all the, quite a bit. He really wanted to hammer was, home the old, uh... Listen, hey, listen, merchandising was coming a thing and really George, George Lucas did all of that. He put that in the contract that he had the rights to merchandise. Mm-hmm. And then 1977, Fox was like, yeah, who gives a shit? No one, <laughs> yeah. no one buys toys and stuff. Right. And he made wow. a mint off of That's that. Incredible. Yeah. I did, did think it was kind of uh, just notable too. Is that within 15 minutes of this movie, you have a Star Wars reference, 
You have a Marvel reference mm-hmm. in the, the Captain America comic book, the beginning, yeah. and you have a Disney reference because you have uh, you have Craig T. Nelson doing the Donald Duck voice. Oh, so so it, just within 15 minutes, you get Star Wars, Marvel, and Disney. Boom, boom, in boom, a boom, boom. That's it, right? And he yeah, was, and he was also Mr. Incredible. Uh, well, that's on uh, the Incredibles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah, true. I didn't Nelson. know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never oh. seen those movies. Oh, they're good. I've heard uh, the first really one. I haven't seen the second one. The first one's great. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. I don't know. Craig T. Nelson's had a really good career that I feel like. Yeah. He's been consistently yeah, very, very in solid. He's good. Yeah. yeah. In the Skulls. The Skulls, yeah, yeah another another uh, entrant to the to the sub fifty tournament there. I love that movie. Yeah, I mean, um, it's great. That Brendan B kept talking, you know, the show Parenthood. He kept talking about the other day with his favorite QB slash actor, <laughs> Dak Shepard. Favorite <laughs> <laughs> right. Cowboys right, QB, Dak, Dak Shepard. That's like, right. <laughs> he looked at us. He was like, "What are you guys talking about? He plays for the Cowboys." We're like, "Dude, Dak Prescott." I heard that show's very good. I have not seen it. I watched the first. Me and my wife watched the first season in like three days. It was free on. Like on demand or something, and it was amazing, and then yeah. it's never followed up. So what, what's been on them been that good? But in another movie that was in our, our sub fifty tournament, Get Hard. Oh, that's oh, right. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the he's, he's the, the bad heel. Guy, yeah. I I actually turned that movie off when like it was very clear that he was the bad guy, hmm. and that was about three minutes in. I was like, there this movie you go. Sucks. Sorry, Chris G. And a movie that randomly came up last week, Blades of Glory. He's the coach in Blades. Of, yeah. Blades of Glory. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Good for so, him. Yeah, real solid career for for old Craig T. Uh, as Chris G would call him, he's a national treasure. His name's Craig T. Nelson, and he's a national treasure. Listen, we're nothing without our hyperbole at the BPC. That's exactly right. We, we, pick, our, we pick our hills to die on this. Craig stuff. T. Nelson's a masterpiece. Listen, if you go through all of us, we all have really hard takes about certain things. Yeah. Hey, that's how we do it around here. That's how we, that's how we stay I think on that's what keeps our, us interesting. Our own the, domains. The fact that there are things we will all argue about that everyone else in the world thinks are absolutely absurd. Yeah, so I, I got to ask about, about Joe Beth Williams here, who plays Diane Freeling. I mean... Just not a good mom, though. Is she really at the end? You guys are parents, so I don't know. But I mean, like, uh, putting the <laughs> putting the helmet on the kid and putting her in the. I mean, helmets were not a thing in '82. I'm hungry. Ah, stop. We have to play. We have to play uh, ghost bumper cards here first. I think she was also mm-hmm. connecting with the daughter because she made you know when you know when they were smoking the pot. She spoke about how when she was young, she had a kind of weirdness to her that Carol Ann did when she was talking to TV. So like yeah. you know that there's always been a little bit extra with mom. Yeah, and the daughter. I, 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 I was a big fan of her and how she laughing I, at the construction guard. Yeah, I, 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 I was going, that was, the other day. Yeah, I was going to say she was, <laughs> she was way too easygoing with the sexual harassment. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe that's because that's not her biological daughter. <laughs> right. Yeah, right, right, I guess. So. One, one of the one of the workers was Sonny from Predator. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. And oh, then the then the other oh, guy okay, yeah. just like sneaking in the window drinking coffee. So clearly she had a relationship with these guys. This was. Clearly a small community. They were the first house there, so they were the first house built. So probably knew all these everybody. So it's and like it's even grosser though that they were that they were doing it. But she probably was just like, ah, oh, they're the innocent scumbags of the community. Mm. This was the eighties. Well, they're I clearly know, not focusing on that damn pool that they're building. So <laughs> they got to be doing something. Greg T. Nelson's that. jackknife into it when they think the girl went missing into it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not the right approach. That is not the right approach. What if she was he under there and yeah. jackknifes? He was a, a pro diver, though, or a college yeah. diver. So he wanted to you know, get his, get his flex in. You know? Yeah, I mean, but you think yeah, you're looking... If, listen, if that's what he was doing when he was diving, he did not win anything. <laughs> you, th- you, think you're, you think your little girl's missing, so you're... I mean, 
Craig T. Nelson, he's a big dude. He's probably like 6'1", 6'2", right? He's, yeah. He's like he, he seems big. And then he just jackknifes into his pool for his tiny daughter. Like, what yeah. if she was under there? Yeah, that's that's a that's a bad time. It's Hey, listen, I'm not a parent myself, so different techniques out there. If you want to... If you want to bury your daughter's your daughter's bird, Tweety Bird in, in your in your weed box, then go buy it. Was it a cigar box? Uh, was Who's it a cigar? Who's what they used cigars? it for after? Uh, I think Craig, there's only Craig, one thing you're smoking there. Craig and when they open it up and the kid, no, 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 and the kid no, goes, on. what about the smell? It smells too funky in there for, for Tweety Bird. Craig T. Nelson and his football buddies yeah, they're all smoking cigars. Were they smoking cigars? Yeah. I just think her, the kid purposed. reacting to the smell, I think it might have... I mean, also cigars don't yeah, smell I mean, great to a kid. Cigar boxes smell. <laughs> Maybe not to a kid, yeah. I guess so. That's It's a harsh. It's a heavy tobacco smell. Hmm. While we're having different twists and takes and turns on, on whose mom is who and, and what and what do we store in these in these boxes here, I, I do want to call out the kind of deeper themes within this movie like I, I think it this is not like your shallow no. horror movie here there was no. themes here yeah. and I think you, when you start off with the Star Spangled Banner you're good you know that they're going to give you something a little richer and a little deeper than just your your average boo ghost story All right this wasn't going to be bullshit and rushed one of my favorite elements of this movie here was the was the whole cemetery twist you know and and learning about building on the cemetery properties it's like not really something that I ever thought about before it's like oh wow like i guess companies do try yeah. to buy you buy what you can land and, and oh, then yeah. relocate uh coffins and oh, yeah. and they do do that, that. that you're happened. supposed yeah. to move the bodies right i should mention now this is a good time to do it because this this story is based on two different stories right and one of which took place in the town that we're recording this in literally about Less than a quarter mile away from where we are sitting right now. Yeah, right. Seaford, New York. Yep. Joe, you should you know you're you're um you know it a little better around being around these parts. What why don't you tell us what that kind of story was? Yeah, so it was in the fifties. Guy is at work. Uh, the Herman family. Mister Herman's at work. He gets a call that some wacky things are going on in his house. He comes home. His daughter's getting pulled around a room. Things are moving everywhere. Uh, they pulled. They called in the church. They called in investigators. All sorts of people, and it became a whole thing. They ended up moving. Um, that house has been renovated, and what was at the time a nice little ranch is now a giant, which you see all over Seaford. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean it's literally right behind where Grand and I go food shopping. Yeah. Literally, yeah, it's right Wild. here. Yeah, yeah. I was doing my research today and saw Seaford. I was like, "What? Like, that's what we're recording tonight." <laughs> yeah, you drove over it to get here. And unbelievable, unbelievable. So that was like the what? That's the story with the family. That's yeah. Now the other, the other kind of true story that this is based on here is that in in Colorado there was a a uh, contractor who was going to build this building complex on this on this land with uh, you know with with the cemetery and basically he underbid the job. And didn't fully wasn't getting paid enough to compensate for getting all of the bodies. He's exhuming the bodies. Yeah, exhuming yeah. the bodies and getting them relocated. Oh, so it was gonna cost him, you know, it was gonna cost him an arm and a leg to get this thing done. <laughs> so basically the whole thing would have been a loss. So he just got the tombstones out of there and built the thing anyway. Right. Jesus. As the project is almost completed, one of the workers is having some moral anxiety over it and lets it leak. And there's a whole big deal. The guy gets arrested. Sure. And it's this whole big story. But they were too late in the project, really, to do anything. So they just, they just kept they it going. finished wow. it. And to, it still stands today. 
by a park Ooh. out there in, in Colorado. That's crazy, crazy stuff. So yeah. those two stories kind of combined awesome, made, right? made this one. And they do a, they do an interesting thing before you get to the cemetery reveal because after they bury the bird and now the next day the Ooh, um, the, the contractors come cool. in, you see that cigar box rolling down. Yeah. So it's like okay, so once you know what it is, it's like oh shit. He's yeah, like, and it's like, I wish Mr. Trigger did that, but Mr. Trigger is an unethical businessman, to say it nicely. Yeah, dick. Little, little foreshadowing there. Now, did you guys, when you were when you were younger, do the whole lightning thunder counting game? Is that a, yes. Is that like a? Is that something that goes I, on in every house? Uh, it definitely wasn't. Mine. No, I, I did. I did not do that. So you found that out later in movies, or in just yeah, yeah, I found that out later in life. Would have been yeah. useful when I was a kid, but I was I never, never got it to really work properly. I, I was I was never bothered. <laughs> I was never. Bothered by lightning and thunder, like storms didn't bother me. You know, it was good to know when they'd be done because I was always worried that the cable was going to go out. That's fair. All right, we talked about mom and dad a little bit. Let's talk about three kids, and uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start from the youngest here, Carol Ann, infamous uh, Carol Ann, move into the light. Or don't move into light. Both. They, they couldn't really decide what they wanted to do. <laughs> it really depended so. on where in the story and who was surrounding yeah, who was saying yeah, yeah. it. it was, they, they don't have a clear concept of what this light is. But it really depends who you're talking to. Yes. Um, I was a huge fan of her. I, I think she did She did a really good job um, when she was holding onto the bed. I, yeah. was, I was anxious for her. I was like, oh, that, I, like, that must suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's, watching this movie as a parent is really hard. Because like, it's not... Real and this shit would But doesn't matter. Still, track like, issues with the your kids, I, the yeah. idea of because my daughter's about to be four, so and Caroline's like a year older. Like the idea that she's in a place not knowing where we are. Like if I put myself in those shoes, it's fucking heartbreaking. Right. It's really, it was really hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just the thought. I mean, how frustrating, you know, to put yourselves in these fictional character shoes in this extremely fictional situation yeah but the frustration of i can hear her but i can't find her and she isn't physically here i mean i i have panic attacks when the wi-fi goes out like and, <laughs> I, and, and i feel like there's no way there's nothing i can do to solve that right this this kind of situation i mean and just i mean listen any parent who's lost their kid or can't find their kid or anything like that it's right. just i mean awful. again awful you guys are parents i'm sure that the fear becomes even even more sure. just maddening when when you actually have a kid, but um, that's that's the kind of fear that could that can certainly fuel any kind of horror story that, that you're trying to tell. Oh yeah, um, it it the kid the kid's adorable in this. She's, She's she does a really really great job of child acting. Just a, a, a great presence in this film here. Just, yeah, yeah, and, and I think you know historically we 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 hold child actors to task just like we do adult actors. Oh yeah, and oh yeah. I think she really just does a wonderful job every time she's there. And, you know, Drew Barrymore was, this, you know, in there first, but she ended up going to E.T. and they wanted someone more angelic for this. And I think it's just really perfect casting. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, E.T. got all the all the first the first rounders. They got all the first round things. <laughs> like they, got, they got Spielberg's regular cinematographer. This one got the film editor, at least. Right. So, but... Yeah, and, and they got their first their first dibs on Drew Barrymore there, so they had to go with the with a lot of the backup backup quarterbacks. But I, I think this girl this girl nailed it, and yeah. I think she just did a really good job. I mean, whether it was you know oh, the, fighting with her siblings, whether it was seeing the bird, whether it was being scared, yeah. she hit everything. The, Overfeeding the fish, I did that as a kid. The, the, first, the line delivery of "Can I get a goldfish?" is just is just brilliant. Yeah. After right, Barrymore. and the they're here, like she just she really does her job very well. Yeah, then yeah. they're here is the famous, yeah. that's the famous line here. I mean, that's my, that's my quote, and 
feel I, I felt lazy doing it, but it's just that's uh, what I mean, it is. Yeah, you're not, you, know, you can't. Yeah, someone you, had to. Right, you yeah. can't get dinged up for that one, man. It's it's one of the most perfect. famous quotes in, and she just, in eighties movies history. Her delivery is perfect. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Cute kid, really, really crushes it in this. Uh, let's let's move on to uh, to Robbie Freeling. Uh, Oliver Robbins portrays that one. We have to. We have to. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> the antithesis of his little sister. Wow, wow, Joey's Joey's yeah. <laughs> taking out the crosshairs already here. Um, I, I thought he, I thought he was fine. I, I I don't think he was great. I don't think he was terrible. I I, I think he was fine. I, I don't think he was the worst thing. I'm I'm a, you know being a little bit much, but there was a couple things. But um, he played scared very well. Mm-hmm. Where I think saved him a lot. Yeah, I, it was a little bit of a confused character. 100%. Because there's there's times where we're 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 trying to portray him as like the little shit. Mm-hmm. And he's climbing trees, and he's you know saying, "Oh, can we dig it up and look at its butt?" So he's like the tough kind of kind of kid with the slingshot. Yeah. And then at other times, he's this little scaredy cat. I think seeing you know getting pulled out of a house by a tree might fuck you up a little bit and take some of that edge off, that bullshit edge yes. off. Yeah. But he was a tra- To be fair, he was afraid of the tree before it did that. Well, that was a fuck. He thought it looked. He was looking at him, and yeah. he wasn't wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like that's not a, that's not uncommon though for an eight year old kid to. Talk tough and all that shit, and be scared. And, and yeah, be an that's fair. Kid. Right. So I don't think that's that. Dope. And, and, and you're allowed like, to be. T- you're allowed to fake be a tough kid when you know your parents are actually going to protect you. Yeah, and he was only a little shit for five minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know he kind of. Well, we got him at the kitchen table, kind of giving the sass back and forth. Yeah, but everyone was giving each other sass, though. It wasn't just. Yeah. Yeah. True. You know. True. Uh, that's fair. And I. I mean, from a performance standpoint, I was. Kind of fine with it too. I, yeah. I didn't. He didn't. He didn't really bug me anyway. And I think that there's, you know, we've seen we've seen much stronger child performances in we've Spielberg seen projects. Much worse. <laughs> yeah, but not in not in oh, it's not Spielberg, Spielberg not in no. right. You know, you, the, the bar is set somewhat high there on that. And but I guess maybe we get that more through Carol Ann than we do through him because she was, in many ways, more of a focus. And she's her. also just way stronger, just overall. Yeah, um, the oldest Dana, not a whole ton for her to do here in this one. Um, what she did and what she needed to do, I think she did a good job. I think it was fine. It wasn't great, but she didn't have a lot to do with. She yeah. was she was at her friend's house a lot to get away. You know. Mm-hmm. See, I actually I wasn't a fan of what she did when she when she had it. It's one of those things where she had a limited time, you know, on on screen, and I was really hoping for a better performance there. Just her, she overacted a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and then I feel. I feel bad saying this because of what happened to the actress right after this. Right after this yeah, movie, we're gonna probably know. go there next. But, so we can um, get that out of the way. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think she was, and, and especially at the end too, when she was like screaming. Uh, it, it was. There was just a lot of that I just didn't respond to. Yeah, uh, I, I'll probably kind of lend to agree with you a little bit, Grant. Um, I, I will say that you know I didn't like. I thought she played a sixteen-year-old pretty good, being much. Older, right. she was 20, or 22, yeah, like twenty one yeah. or twenty two at the time. So I was a little surprised to hear that after the fact that she was that she was that old. So it, it, again, it's just not a lot for her to do, and no. I think that that can maybe you know you always wonder does that mean someone's scenes got cut? Did was yeah. she not vibing with what was what we saw, or was there really just not much there, and she kind of maybe just turned the volume up when she had a moment to and she was the third kick she was definitely the third you know third most important one to the script yeah like you know like when they were when they were looking at 
when they're calling out for Carol Ann when the when the ghost hunters first got there, and she's like like silently crying, but she's doing it out of ten. It felt like mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, yeah, yeah. Just, it, it it felt like just uh, you know a sixteen year old who felt like also a, you know is sad, but also maybe wants some more of the attention. Yeah, it felt like, it felt like overacting mm. to me. That's fine. Yeah. Grant, you you mentioned uh, her her fate later that year. Oof. Um, yeah. Dominique Dunn is the actress, and uh, she was um, tragically murdered by her boyfriend. Strangled. Uh, yeah, after so a sad. Uh, yeah, really tough. Yeah, after an argument, you know, she had signed a bunch of movie deals, and it seemed like she was, you know, riding a riding a high after yeah. this one. Yeah, she had a couple um, things coming. Yeah, very very sad there with very that. Sad. That was, and again, so this movie comes out in the earlier part of the year, and that was in uh, November when, yeah. when she passes. So really, really happened right after this movie came out and we have to mention too Carol Ann the actress who oh. plays uh, Carol Ann Heather O'Rourke uh, six years later would uh, die of what was essentially misdiagnosed Crohn's disease which is crazy um, yeah yeah very sad I mean she had um, basically just uh, just stomach issues and, and colon blockage issues whatever and it would eventually led to a um, cardiac arrest so very very sad stuff there with the, a young kid. She was in all three Polter, Poltergeist movies. She, yes, she, she didn't finish the third one. Okay, but she she's in it though, right? She's in it. Yeah, but they they it was one of those things where they had to use a body double, right? And mm-hmm. Throw like half of it. And... Yeah, very very sad stuff. Very and sad. Um, people, you know, it's one of those stories behind scenes. Is this well, movie cursed? Does yeah. they say? Well, there's stuff with like cameramen in the Poltergeist two. Yeah. Um, well, um, guy Richard Lawson was in a plane crash. He survived, but like mm. half the plane didn't. Mm. I think one of the actors who plays one of the construction guys later on in life gets killed with an axe or something. Yeah, the guy who was eating the breakfast through the window. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, really? he was in Texas Jeez. Chainsaw too. Yeah. yeah, he gets he gets killed with the by an axe when he was like in his sixties. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. So and now I I gotta talk about this Super Bowl poster. Um, did you mm. guys look into this at all? No. No. So there is, this is a, a wacky thing here, and I just, you know, I, I read it in just reading facts about the movie, and I'm like, that sounds like a total BS fact. Right. There's no way. So I got to see this stupid poster. Okay. And I look in the room, and I'm like, the poster is there. And, you know, you, you do a little more reading. So there's a poster hanging in Robbie's room that uh, says Super Bowl 22, okay? And it says 1988 on the poster. And then there's a picture of a, of a hand-drawn football player. Okay. And uh, and there, so it says, and then it says rookie of the year at the bottom. So the movie obviously takes place, or the movie comes out in nineteen eighty two. Yeah. So they're watching a football game earlier in the movie, which is footage from a, a Monday night football game from the nineteen eighty season. So I think we're maybe you know the movie's filmed a year before eighty two, so we're, we're led to believe this is probably like nineteen eighty nineteen eighty one. Right. And he has a Super Bowl poster from nineteen eighty eight. Heather O'Rourke, who plays Carol Ann, passes away in 1988, the day of the Super Bowl, oh. in San Diego, and the Super Bowl is held in San Diego. So she passes away the day of Super Bowl 22 in 1988. Oh, shit. Jesus. Which is, or she goes to the hospital the day of the Super Bowl and passes away the right, next day. Right, but... Um, Wild stuff, like a crazy wild coincidence. Number one, why is there a poster that says 1988 right, to right. begin with? It's, now, yeah. it, it, it's, it looks hand-drawn, and it says Rookie of the Year in the bottom. So I think what maybe what the, the purpose of it was is that the kid 
is the rookie. He's a big football right. fan. He drew a picture of himself as the rookie playing the in the Super Bowl, and he's right. the rookie of the year winning the Super Bowl. Really weird choice to begin with. Like that's a very kind of random thing to have. Very up specific there. character thing. Very for, specific. Yeah. yeah. Super Bowl twenty two, and then and then and then nineteen eighty eight on top, and it's in the original thing. It's not like it was superimposed later or anything right. like that. Wacky stuff. And in Southern California, where the Super Bowl would end up being called, this is not that abnormal because it it you know it happens. Sure. You know. Um, but still. That's... Yeah. You know. You wonder maybe did they announce six years ahead of time that the Super Bowl would be in San Diego? That's just why. Probably I, it, not. That's, it's a very I, odd I would thing. Say but I watched the movie back. That poster's in there, and it's it's in several shots. Wow. I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, very creepy stuff. It's really strange. Um, now, people also will, will say, I mean, you know, the, the, the real skeptics out there who, um, you know, who, who are superstitious or whatever, say that the usage of the real skeletons yeah. in that pool scene in the end. Well, that's what people, yeah. yeah that's, that, that's what people blame all this stuff right, on. Right, that they'll say. Because that it was cheaper to bring in real skeletons yeah. than... And isn't that just, isn't that crazy if you apply that with the theme of the movie or the themes of the movie of them, it was cheaper to not move the bodies, <laughs> you know. Art imitating life. Yeah, art right. imitating talk, life. Imitating yeah, art. Talk about the props department just not paying attention to the plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, it's right there for you. Like, geez. like guys, we're yeah, telling so, you. Spielberg yeah. is telling you what not to do. Yeah, and the movie, and the true story that this was based on, too. So right. So it's, yeah, art imitating life imitating art. And Joe yeah. Beth not knowing that she was in there with real skeletons until after the fact. Yeah, like, like water went into her mouth. Right. Like, that's, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's Spielberg like, did hop in there with her, though. Yes. To say, he did the Vince McMahon, uh, I won't you do, do it, I do it, pal. That's, yeah, so. I wonder if he was screaming while it was flashing around and into his mouth, though. Yeah. Oof. But, whoo. Yeah, but, so. Well, here's the thing. They did the same thing in Poltergeist 2. Did they? They still use yeah. real bodies in Poltergeist Part 2. Yeah, talk about things that just would not happen in 2021. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's... Fuck that. My God. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we always put practical effects on a high pedestal here at BPC. There is taking it a step too far. When it goes to, like, injuring people or using actual right. like, skeletons yeah, and so babies. These, but these were bodies from India that were donated to a local university. Mm-hmm. And then mm. they were used. How that is way. that cheaper than prop skeletons? Yeah, I don't know, man. Don't it's know. just the 80s. That's the 80s. Yes. That, that, that's the answer. Last week, as much as we left at Twins for, because we're twins, being the answer to why they know the car, like, yeah. it's the 80s is the appropriate answer. Yeah. There. I mean, Ari will blame it on the crack, crack epidemic, I think, right? It's at the, that's the Everyone's on crack. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would like to hear what he has to say about some of this, too, because he's... He's, he's never seen a horror movie, doesn't, so. uh, <laughs> He doesn't uh, believe in any, I know, hocus, hocus, pocus, spooky stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. Neither do I. I, I Whether you do or you don't, right. it is yeah. creepy. It's cool. It's 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 just a very. I mean, right. you know, it's just bad juju. It's, whatever the fuck. It's it creepy is. stuff. It's yeah. it's crazy stuff. So it's not something like I, you know, I, I still believe in karma, and I don't think right. that's something that you want to. Right. Yeah. You want to do? You know. Right. Yeah. Well, call it what you want. Call it what you want. It's um. Yeah. It is uh, interesting Listen, to it's interesting to discuss. You put you put good out, you get good back. You put bad back, you get bad. You get bad out, you get bad back. Using real skeletons is putting bad out. Yeah, yeah, you're you're definitely uh, you're definitely messing with some in- interesting juju there. But so that was that's kind of our spooky section of this uh, spooky season episode. Yeah, so take what you will out of any of that. So we'll get back to the to the narrative here. Should we talk about the paranormal investigators now? Yeah, let's let's go. What's in that we're in that section of the room here? Because I thought they were funny. So we meet them. Craig T. Coach goes from happy jubilant dad. We'll just call him Coach a, now. He's just coach. <laughs> All right, I'm going with that. Just, I'm going with that. I mean, 
dramatic bags under the eyes, cigarette in his mouth, with a cigarette in his ear, with a just really great looking sweater. I'm not a sweater wearer. It's a nice sweater. Because I get too hot, but if I was... Yeah, it's a nice sweater. That, you know, if you've heard, I have temperature issues. I'm always hot, but if I was a sweater guy, that's what I would want to rock. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to these paranormal invest paranormal psychiatrists. I think they can psychologists. Yeah. They put themselves in. Yeah, I don't think they can get like ghost meds. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. We get Doctor Lesh, Marty, Ryan. and Ryan, which is going to be what Bill Murray's uh, what Bill Murray's occupation is with Ghostbusters. Yeah. right? Is it? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would be great. She was just like buzzing people for getting the cards wrong. <laughs> oh, like, that's a couple wavy lines. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love when Ryan's like, oh, uh, we were at this one, and over seven hours, this car moved seven it's feet. So I have, and, and just Coach looks at him with just like all the derision. He's, like, he's just, like, oh, really? Just oh, stares at him, and he goes, locks the door, and just everything's spinning around. The, the compass thing is playing the record. It was yeah. just. I'll tell you what got me this time. Because it just, I didn't, you know. I mean, I think anytime you see a movie for the first time, even if it was recent, there's just a lot of, to take in, and right. you don't necessarily remember every little moment and every little beat. Yeah. But uh, just one kind of great moment of comedy in this one was is with just like, well, where's the room? It's, oh, we don't go in the room anymore. They're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess they just, it will be too creepy. And they open the door, and it's like, <laughs> flying all over the place. Like, of course they don't go in that it's fucking room. What are they going to do? Hulk riding right. a horse. Like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be the banker in Monopoly playing in that room. It's right. trying to track down the $500 and bills. I was just, and I, I thought the same exact thing you did. Like, oh, yeah, you know, your daughter goes missing in there. Like, I wouldn't want to go in there either. It's like, uh, uh, grandma died in there. But nope, nope, that's not it. It's no. the bed. Two beds are spinning wildly while things are floating. Yeah, there's like a clue game flying all over the place, smacking yeah. people in the head. Yeah, you shouldn't go in that fucking room. Yeah, no. it's, 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 and, that, and that's, that to me, well, that and there's something else coming up, but those, those effects don't hold up very well. Hmm. I thought, I thought those effects didn't hold up well at all. I would say of all the effects that 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 room effects probably that would probably be the one that looked the the cheapest but i, think, I don't know I, see I, I here's kinda, the thing the bed like spinning the i thought looked great i thought the only thing that didn't hold up was the record and the hulk and the, whatever like the stuff that was like flying at their face yeah but like that, the the, yeah, the was... steady like the beds spinning around and the stuff like you know the clown on the bed yeah, like i thought the that hulk stuff looked great on the uh, riding I mean, on the little funny. it was awesome i loved it but, like it does, but, it doesn't look hey, great hey hey you know i didn't we, think we, that we i agree to disagree. i had no issue with the effects in this movie okay yeah i mean i, I watched et and that won the visual effects award I think there's stuff in that that's a little goofier than some of the yeah. stuff in here. I think for 1982, like I think the fact that like that room, like I thought it was good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, uh, that would be where you'd go, and when you go to what didn't, what probably didn't didn't hold up. But well, this, I, I have one. I have yeah, one, one more. Later. I have okay, one more. So effect, we get I have one more effect, and we'll get to that. Now uh, we we're talking about the the three paranormal yeah. characters, and we're talking about effects, so we have to talk about the meat and and the face. I mean, yeah. See, the face is, is is the one thing that I thought was looks terrible. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I I and I don't think it looks good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I thought. Think it, I think it, it's it's just so like you know I understand, I understand it's it it just, it just looks so, it just looks so fake to me. I think the. So the way his head was placed, my first, very... yeah. But when you're hallucinating, though, right. isn't that you know it, it reminds me of like Large Marge. It's, and... it's not supposed to be like. But when we're seeing it for the first time, it's supposed to but seem real. That's what we find out immediately that right. it's a it's a hallucination, and it, like, it's kind of like Large Marge in, right. in Pee Wee Herman. You know, like yeah. I, I because the the, it's, the reason I'm okay with it is because when he looks up, the light goes brighter. 
which means it's going hotter. And then when his, his skin changes, and then it changes the again before it's the peeling. The face and the... Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's a, it's a, it, listen, it's a great... The idea of it is fantastic. And it, but the, it just... It, to me, it just looks like a... It just looks like a special effects makeup. It just wow. looks like maybe a I'm a, I'm just a nostalgic sucker for '80s and '90s claymation. I mean, that could be it. Right. Could be it. Listen, too. I think by by the time we get to the third face, which is the one he peels, I think it's very clearly not him. Yeah. Like I think you know I I think there has to be. I just thought job. it was cool looking. I mean, I don't this, know. I mean, this, I, this was this was two years after an American Werewolf in London, and though I mean, and those makeup effects are fucking. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm amazing. not gonna argue with that. I mean, and that's... so, like, it, you know, so I, I, I don't know what the, you know, whatever money they saved on the cadavers they could have used for the yeah. special effects. Right. Up, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It, for some, every, it, time, every it, time I, I look, watch it, it uh, just, it just, man, it was effective. I wish I could get my wife to do a run in here, but. I know she saw when she saw it for the first time. She reacted well to it. It works oh, for me. It's creepy. Yeah, it's definitely creepy. But when I, I, thought I, when, a... I when I watch it, just like yeah, it's just it's just like a, a fake face. That, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was a cool artistic visual. That's that's just how I looked at it. But I, I get yeah, I get it. I mean yeah. yeah. What what can you say? I mean, you, the things like that, you're either gonna work. And I right. think that I mean, effects and technology through all the decades of movies we're talking about are gonna e- either land with some people or, and others are not, you know? Yeah. We've yeah. talked about that in sure. a bunch of Exactly. Things. So I think for me, it was effective. I think really my much bigger issue with that scene was what kind of animal puts steak right on a counter. Oh, well, he, he's, a, he's a fucking shithead for going into taking a steak out of a person's fridge to eat it. Well, I well, assume that was part of their deal, like eat what's in the fridge. I mean, but that's that's a lot of gumption going for the steak. But jo- Joey, Joey, what's how Joey are... IMDb chicken wing eating rating that you give him. Oh my god! Does he, mean, is he higher on the scale than Favel? Is he lower on the scale than Favel? Yeah, the same Rebecca? fucking thing. Favel puts chicken wings back in a basket that other people are eating out of. This motherfucker sees the steak. I don't know, imploding, exploding, and then just throws it on the floor. Now and then he sees the maggots. It's not like he pulls it off, then sees the maggots, then throws it on the floor. The chicken wing. The chicken wing. Yeah. So he's just a piece of shit who yeah. just has no food. Listen, Marty's not a, Marty's an asshole. Yeah, but one and the other thing is that was a cold chicken wing. He did not heat it up. He did not nuke it. Yeah. Our, you know, Julius told us last week, nuke well, food I is love, great. I love nuke food. Now, if you had to have one of the two over for a chicken wing barbecue in your backyard, would it be George Favell Sanders from Rebecca, or would it be the doctor here from Marty. from Poltergeist, Doctor Marty? You gotta have one of them over. It would be Favel. You're gonna have wow. We wow. got him to have Favel over yeah. for a barbecue. Because well, let me tell you something, old chap. <laughs> because <laughs> I could get him to not be, not put it back. Just make him take a plate and away from the original <laughs> thing. Versus Marty putting un- raw meat on a raw meat counter, on, a, on a counter and then throwing a cold bit chicken wing on the floor. I think Marty is irredeemable. Wow. You couldn't even put that on like a piece of tinfoil? Like throw it on a paper throw yeah. it on a paper towel. Yeah. Which is terrible and don't ever do that in real life. No, but that's not good either because that, that shit absorbs. But like, yes, but compared to right on a counter, that you're trusting that these people whose daughter's missing are really deep cleaning their counter right now? Not that I'm, listen, I I'm guess, sure they're clean people. Yeah, I guess they have a nice house, I mean, but are you, you fucking listen, I mean, my house is clean. I don't put shit on the counter because it's fucking touch it. It's what you do. Now, would you? This house is clean. <laughs> <laughs> Marty's oh like, God. all right. <laughs> the, li- the listener is like, what is happening right now? 
<laughs> yeah, but wouldn't you burn off the like bacteria and germs when you cook it? It's more about than the counter. And now, if what if now the next day you're sitting there and you throw oh. something else on there, like and well, sure, he definitely has to like Lysol. But he's not yeah. going to because he's, he's throwing. Well, he's you're the type. Of, if you're gonna throw raw meat on a fucking counter, you're not gonna then you're you're gonna take a paper towel. You're gonna put a little bit of water on. It, you're gonna do one swipe and leave mm-hmm. it. So you're not actually cleaning anything. I think the reason why he didn't come back is because he was embarrassed and not because he was No, scared. I think he had fucking <laughs> Montezuma's revenge-level diarrhea from fucking his, well, never, his food ha- handling habits. Oh, God. He did get bit. He, he did, did get, get bit. bit. So, And this is not my quote, but it is, it's a runner-up. You got bit? Wow! <laughs> oh, man. What yeah. a, the, the kid wanted on that one. You got bit? And when oh, Dr. Les the next morning was like, I'm leaving Ryan with you, Marty will not be returning. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you want to hear us break down the pizza math of Home Alone, you can check out our, our Christmas episode. We dive deep into that. I actually wanted to if not... If you liked t- that chicken wing section. I wanted there. to not talk about the food because I feel like I talk about food too much. Yeah. But I, 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 I couldn't not. More milk in this one, too. Glass of milk at breakfast with the cereal. Just so much milk. A glass of milk with cereal. I will say, and I'm, I'm someone who grew up drinking a good amount of milk. That's a lot of I milk. couldn't do the glass of milk with the cereal. It was just just too lot. much. Yeah, that's, that's a little a too much. You're supposed to be getting your energy for the day with breakfast, not weighing yourself down with as much dairy as possible. I, I just I, I just I I like oh. that you, I like that you think, well, I mean, <laughs> milk is not an energizing source. It's not an energy. It's not, not, not you you energizing source. Right. It's not like it's, it's not too like, heavy. You don't get energy from like, it. It's, it's not like just lithium and milk. <laughs> there might as well be. You get no energy from milk. Uh, you give it to kids before they go to bed. When people are like, oh, I can't sleep what, in old movies. They I give think them if a you have an intolerance to lactose, it probably affects you a little no, bit. No, but even right. as a kid when I was fine with it, I never liked milk. And again, if you want to hear more dairy talk, you can check out our Twins episode and our Home Alone episode. We will talk plenty of dairy and all of those. And yeah, I've, been, I've been railing against milk since I was a kid. Yeah, We may just have to have a dairy therapy session with, 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 with an, anti, anti-dairy. That's it. Me and, That's me it. and Steve are going to start an anti-dairy podcast where we just shit on and then there will be one episode because there's no content there. <laughs> <laughs> like milk sucks, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, this has been... Dairy right. discourse. We're all tricked from this. From the I'm 70s. sure you'll probably get Steve to talk more than he's ever talked before on that on that episode. <laughs> there we go. Flipping tables. <laughs> um, I I, I want to talk about uh, uh, Zelda Tangina. Tangina, which is portrayed by Zelda Rubenstein. Before I do that, I just want to shout out the the movie that that uh, Craig T. Nelson was watching there, the black and white movie, uh, was uh, called A Guy Named Joe, 1944 movie starring Spencer Tracy. Have you seen it? I have not, but it was nominated okay. for an Oscar for a screenplay. It was actually on TMC, TMC not that long ago. Is that right? And I and I I, I I turned I saw it and I was like, oh, Spencer Tracy. I'd never seen it before, but like I read the description, I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's about but, a guy who uh, who passes away and becomes a guardian angel for a soldier, right? Essentially. Okay. So I was like, yeah. oh, let me, but then whatever. I got caught up doing whatever. I got yeah. caught up doing, and then when I saw that that was it, I was like, son of a bitch. I wish I watched that it's randomly because. Yeah, well, the, plenty of movie references within this movie. We knew Spielberg was gonna well, gonna love to do that. We had the um, the feeding the goldfish too much might turn into a shark. Had to throw a little <laughs> jaws, uh, possibly digging there. And the other thing is, we mentioned that this is semi based on a Colorado structure, which was built on a burial ground. 
you think of another movie where a Colorado structure was built on a burial ground, you have to think of The Shining. Sure. And when Carol Ann looks at the screen and the buzz on the TV and the national anthem comes on, what what time is it in the room? But two thirty seven. Two thirty seven for room two thirty seven in The yeah. Shining. So another little. Another little nod there. You know, I, I was like, oh, 2.37, what a specific time. But yeah, right? I completely yep. missed yeah. that. Wow. Oh, there's no doubt. I was, I was like, wouldn't it been just like midnight? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. There's a, that's, that's, that's a definite tip of the cap to Stanley King. I love that. That's great. Oh, I love that. And I didn't even notice that. Well, that's a and Stephen I, King number. 2.37 through is throughout us. Right? Uh, yeah, the number is different in the movie and in the oh, book. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. They, had to, they had to change it because of the the hotel didn't want you know they, oh, they, they didn't have a two thirty seven so right. they didn't want to use a room that or they house. actually had because no one would, would would want to stay there I think in reality they'd probably that would be the most popular room I mean I would go there to sure. stay for that yeah one way or another they wanted to to stay out of that but uh, it's it's uh, two seventeen in the book oh okay okay but so Stephen King was it it was their first choice to write the screenplay right for this oh, no kidding. yeah they wanted okay. to write, and it would have been his first uh, his first screenplay written directly for the screen. So the hmm. story was was done by Spielberg. He wanted to have King write it. It was unavailable. So yeah. But so let's let's talk uh, let's talk uh, Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein. Sure. Yeah, Zelda Rubenstein, uh, who plays now. What are we? It's Tangina here. Is that? It's either Tangina, Tangina or Tangina. Tangina. I feel like it should be a Tangina. Let's Brennan say... has a mangina. Uh, <laughs> Brennan, Brennan has, has a mangina. Even some of the meaner parents started joining. In. <laughs> Let's let's say Tangina. Tangina. Yeah, let's just make okay, it. Yeah. So, that's right. And uh, you know, because I, I like the way Doctor Lesh set her up. She gives a hug. She's like, "I'm coming back with help." Right? Like Doctor Lesh acknowledges. Because I think Doctor Lesh did a good calming job, but was very clearly without saying. She's out like, of her depth. Yeah, yeah. Like this is more than I got, but I know who we need. Yeah. And I'm gonna go get them. So I think that was a well done way to introduce her because I think we're meant to trust Dr. Lesh, right? The family clearly does. Oh, sure. And then, you know, so when they bring this person back and like Grant brought up earlier, only Steve being skeptical, Coach, and her kind of slam dunking on him so quick and then the rest of the family fully buys in. So I think it works. Yeah, I love that exchange. I I love any time, any time a movie brings in like someone that just knows more than all the rest of the characters in the script and then they get to just like flex it you know whether it's um, I mean a, a classic examples are just Goodwill Hunting when, yeah. when Robin Williams makes his appearance and um, the King's Speech when Jeffrey Rush comes in where they just you have to bring in yeah. that ex- everyone else failed and let's bring in the expert here right. so. just a slam dunker yes yeah So it's a, and, and she's great in this it's a a visual presence if, if I want to say it you know no but it, it is yeah I mean it's an unforgettable character. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, I love the southern accent. It's just it's a so great effective. Choice. Yeah, and even just be like the, the calmness with it. Like you know, she's her her dialect's different than yeah. everything. Like her slang's different. So it yeah. really is. It's just very effective. And she it's just great. owns the character. Yes, owns the character. Really, really good performance. Yeah, it was it was a perfect casting. Mm. Mm. It really was. I mean, she's very she's very slight. She's very small. Right, very short, but she has a huge presence, you know, throughout the movie. I think it's great, and her, her little speech when she's talking to Diane, is incredible. Yes, where she kind of gives a rundown of what is happening, but then, okay, you know, hold on to your butts. Yeah, this is what's this is what your daughter's going through right now. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and and she sees it as a child. We see it for what it is, right. the beast. The beast. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Um, so, and, and I should mention, too, that, and, and when I first saw this a couple months ago, 
I kind of was like, yeah, I was kind of hoping there'd be a little more star power in this. Like, it's, it's a lot of the faces I don't know so well in this. But they wanted to cast unknowns in this right, because he purpose. wanted that family ghost story, and right. they thought if they had, right. if they had well-known stars. Right, you're not going to lose If it was Robert Redford, you're like, oh, Robert Redford. Yeah, it's like, oh, Robert Redford's running from a ghost. Okay, here yeah. we go. Doing jackknifing into a pool. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I, I now there is one accomplished actress in this that we did not mention yet uh, in, in fully, or we didn't really delve deep, and that's Dr. Lesh, portrayed by Beatrice Strait, uh, an Oscar winner. She won the uh, Supporting Actress Oscar for Network. Okay. A super accomplished actress and is real good in this. I mean, that scene, Grant, you mentioned her with the flask and the... It's, it's a great it's scene. It's a really yeah. well-written, well-acted scene. Yeah. yeah, it really is. She just she does a really nice job of every scene she's in because she's, she's a very calming, educating presence. Like, okay, like... But she's all... You know, there's a humility with her. I, I really think she just nails it because when they first go when um coach first goes to meet them at the college or whatever i was like uh you know is this gonna work like what is this blah 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 blah, blah. and then as you watch it's like oh this works so well this this movie does a really good job of not being cynical mm. and it's really easy to have a horror movie and just load it with cynicism and load it with the characters that are selfish or or arrogant and you, there, none of that really comes across. Every character, every every character seems really normal, and affable. Right. Yeah. And, and it's a real. That's a that's a major, massive strong suit of the movie. Right. And people, because one thing with a lot of horror movies is, people ignore a lot of things. Like yeah, everybody here is reacting to a thing, whether it's how you think you would react or whether it's pro. But people react to things that happen every yeah. time, and I think that's important because how many times does is the first half hour of a movie a family or a little kid or a wife or a dad or someone ignoring all these ridiculous things going on. And then it blows up and it's like, oh, how did we miss all these signs? Like, in this movie, everybody reacts to everything in different ways. And I couldn't really... You know, I watched it twice for this. I've seen this movie how many times? I can't really think of it. The only time where somebody's, I think, reaction is not consistent with the rest of the movie is when Steve meets Tangina. Yeah, that's the the only thing that feels out of place. Right. I think otherwise every reaction makes sense for that character. And I think that's a really hard thing to do because it's really easy that everybody's scared, everybody doesn't believe it, or this, you know, it's paint by numbers. And I I, I think that's very effective here. Yeah, because you because what works with this movie is that you put yourself and you put your family into this into this house, and no one wants to put themselves as assholes. Right. No. So, so if you have a nice family and a caring family, it's easier to put yourself into it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, another character we didn't mention who uh, was was a really a TV actor coming into this, a lifelong TV actor. He broke into the movies after this would come out. And uh, that's uh, James Caron playing Mr. Teague, the uh, the heel. If, if the beast mm. isn't the beast is probably the big heel, but right. he's but the maybe heel. the beast is a victim itself. With the yeah, the, the main heel here would be the Mr. beast was Teague. just trying to fucking hang out and be in peace. Yeah, this motherfucker's yeah. ruining his afterlife. You you can't convince me that he's not somehow related to Larry Vaughn. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's definitely like a second cousin. <laughs> Or something like that. You know who gave me Larry Vaughn vibes too was the neighbor with the with the remote. Okay. You know? <laughs> just physically, physically right. more so than anything. But now my yeah. daughter wants to watch Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> the scene up by the cemetery on the hill there. 
uh, we should say the, the name of the town is uh, Cuesta Verde. Cuesta yeah. Verde. Cuesta Verde, which translates as a green slope. Which oh, okay. that very sense. much is Perfect. visually portrayed yes. in that screen. And Beautiful town. Oh, man. And, and great shots there, too. Yeah. I, I love the, the single shot of the cemetery from the lower part of the hill looking up. Yeah. And then the remainder of the scene is kind of done with a few tombstones within it. Yeah. Really colorful and 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 pretty and just a, that scene's really shot really well and and the conversation how how beaten and broken down Craig T. Nelson is and watching him realize it as they have it yeah and, and he's really lying well about having the flu, but he looks worse than someone who had the right. flu right yeah 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 he he's not he's not running up that hill he he's going through it so he's not lying when he's sick it's yeah a different type of sick but I, I really like how they that cemetery was a cemetery, right? Mm. It wasn't it was massive, yeah. It, it, and, it, and it wasn't because again, what horror movies can do is now this thing. Oh, it's so creepy! Like, no, this is what a cemetery looks like during the day. Yeah. Oh, well, I think I think Teague said it himself. It's not like we're building on an Indian burial ground or anything. It's just, just people. They're just people. <laughs> Oh. Not like the Family Guy episode. We want to, Joe. You mentioned the false finish there before. So Tangina gets gets does her tennis ball through the, the tennis ball trick. trick. Right. Mom goes in. They don't do CPR. Mom or the daughter. They just wipe the goop off their eyes and hope for the best. Prequel to Ghostbusters too, or with the pink goop, or is, is it is pink goop just industry standard for? for yeah, I don't know this for ghosts here. I mean, I was definitely a. I definitely saw Ghostbusters two first. Ghostbusters 2 is after this. I've, I saw Ghostbusters. Does Ghostbusters yeah. 2 get the pink goop idea from Poltergeist, or is it just industry standard pink goop I think goop pink ghosts? goop is just a great color. It pops on screen. Yeah. It really yeah. stands out on any color clothes it look, you wear. It looks, it looks like the hands would be used to have in grade school. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> But, you know, didn't want to do CPR. That's fine, it's I guess. Like, you... Yeah, it's like good ghost afterbirth, I guess. You know, <laughs> <laughs> ghost placenta. Um, <laughs> But you know, Tangina very confidently saying this house is clean after you know. Yeah, I have, I have a question. Do you think this house is clean? But all they did—they saved the daughter, which amazing. They got Carol Ann. But what else was done to clean this house? What's well, your well, well, what's your? What's well, your I, I have question? a feeling that had Craig T. Nelson not kept on pulling the rope, it would have been clean. Hmm. That's I think what it's supposed to be. And I think yeah. I think because he was hasty and he pulled the rope and then he saw the big face right. It was still not gone. I agree that that's I probably think that's what, it was. what I think that's. We what didn't it was. see the full effect of the plan, right? Titanic episode, Grant. Yes, I was on it. It's a widely successful episode. Great it's episode. Really, not on yeah, it. Just big very fan. excited that. about that. It's yeah. um, skyrocketed up our downloads and everything. It's one of our most downloaded episodes as we as we sit here, which is great. And anytime you get that, that, that quick. Um, you know, it is Titanic, so people, of course, people have seen yeah. it and they can listen to it. It's not yes. like a, when the Cavalcade episode, it's like, oh, I've been waiting for anyone to uh, <laughs> to really break down Cavalcade. But we talked about some freezing cold takes in the uh, the Titanic episode. Mm-hmm. Billy Zane had a couple in this there. This Picasso won't amount to anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There were some freezing cold takes in this movie, too. I have three that I isolated here, Pip. Okay. We just talked about one here. This house is clean. Yeah, that, it didn't take very long for that to not age well. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean that's that's one of the bigger cold takes in in horror yeah, movie history. Yeah, come I on, think, right? I love I, I love a good false finish. That age, that yes. age like that age like milk in a sauna. Yeah, <laughs> age like milk. Um, I, I like this one here. It's a wise old tree. It's here to protect us. It's not. Well, I mean, he was just feeding bullshit to a kid to make him. 
It yeah. was a nice cold take there. Oh, that yeah. tree is yeah, not there to protect you. That tree literally ripped your ass out of the bed. Tried and to eat him. him. Tried to eat him. It, right before getting sucked into a poltergeist tornado. Yeah. yeah. It tried to eat him. I'll say maybe the tornado was the, the visual effect that, that looked the... That didn't work. That didn't look great. That just looked like they were like, oh shit, we have to make a tornado. We're twister babies though, so we're a little we're a little spoiled. You know? <laughs> but I mean I feel like the Wizard of Oz looked better. When you see the packs and the hunts running from the from the from the twister <laughs> the on the big screen, I mean you're not you know, you're not ever gonna see an eighties tornado and no. give it a But I, I think Wizard of Oz tornado looked better. I think yeah. this was just didn't work. Uh and and uh, another one I had to, to put out here too is when before Caroline gets taken, we have a um, uh, a couple's quarrel in the in the room, and the wife Diane says, and this is paraphrased a little bit here, but I'm the one who's had to deal with it all day. It's just another side of nature. Quit overreacting. Ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> Probably well, should have moved well, out of the house I, that day. When I, I told I told my wife, I was like, if this if the chair in our kitchen moves on its own, like. Five feet. We're staying at your mom's. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, yeah. We're, until until this shit gets resolved, yeah, we're, we are not we are not entertaining this at all. Yeah, when your daughter's sliding all over the floor like we like are girly, we you know, are with the, the ram on. Yeah, we are out. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm, a, I'm pragmatic. I'd be like, what was magnets? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a housewife trick. Uh, yeah, so some cold takes there. I'm sure there might have been some others, but had to, had to so, I mean, um, the the house is clean too. I, I do want to take this time just because. Being a, a lifelong mega South Park fan, I have probably seen every South Park episode multiple mm-hmm. times at this point. And so many times I see the episodes before I know what they're referencing. And just having kind of gone to college with all South Park fans and the, we, we're quoting things we don't even know what the quotes right. are. Right. You know, there's the one like, I didn't, shouldn't have done that. He's just a boy. You know, that that's, you know, we just would quote that. And, and then, you know, I saw Sling Blade and was yeah. like, oh my God, that's, that's yeah. the quote. Yeah, but, but this movie was littered with South Park references that, again, having just seen it, like, but as it comes up, I went, South Park, South Park, South Park. Oh, yeah, they were throughout. Yeah, like Leo and yeah, the well, I think South Park is littered with Poltergeist references. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, no, that's what I'm saying. They're, the, yeah. guy, the, the South Park guys are such huge Poltergeist fans oh, that yeah. it came up so much. So I have a few of them here that, that popped out to me. Oh, great. From the, the Tangina care. Oh, all are welcome. All are welcome. When she's talking to the ghost. And that's from the, the Walmart episode. They have yeah. the Walmart greeter oh saying in the beginning, yeah. all are welcome. All are welcome. And at the end, Walmart disappears yep. into the cube like this it house does. Into, yeah, folds yeah, into yeah, itself. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then shits. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, when, when Chef's parents exercise the Kenny's ghost out of Cartman. Yeah. yeah. They say, this child is clean. Instead yes. of from this house is clean. Um, that one's there. There's the dead celebrities episode where there's actually have the Tangina character yeah. comes in and, and, and has to do things too. And uh, one of my favorites is in the Imagination Land episode when That's Stan is in Imagination Land and they can't find him but they can hear his voice and he's like, cow, cow, you know, when you, it's mimicking the Carol right. Ann talking. Yeah. And he's like, um, uh, hold on. Th- someone wants to talk to you. Uh, Kyle, it's Jesus. <laughs> Hi, Jesus. <laughs> so, my son, I need you to, to work with this. He's like, okay, Jesus. Uh, uh, Kyle, uh, 
it, it, it's Luke Skywalker. Uh, Kyle, uh, I need you to... <laughs> it's just so they just funny. trade off the phone to each other. It's unbelievable. Yeah, great stuff. So those, those ones all popped up. Just the, the family guy, Poltergeist episode, always cursed Kells me. When Peter is... When the house goes away and then when everything's clear and then it goes away again and Peter's pissing in the skull. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Uh, so after the fall's finished, we get this this final act here, which is aggressive the beast big beast screaming at it that's what you said joey was scared you as a kid yeah i mean if i saw that as a kid i would never uh, know that yeah the, the, when he pulled the rope and the beast comes out that didn't get me this one when the when diane's trying to get in and like that one like that vision is ingrained in my brain well, like, yeah like with the, the tunnel thing no 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 when it when it's the when he's like out there out the door when he's oh, like white, the yeah, white yeah, raptor yeah, yeah, on the yeah. door in his face like that is ingrained in my face okay in my, my face, ingrained in my head, like, as that just scared the shit out of me as a kid. And I loved it. A big screen there out of him, and that's the screen that they use, would go on to use for the MGM line. Yep. Yeah, they use that the same sound like sound the MGM line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Visually, the, you had to like that, though, Graham. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And then what's that other creepy, like, like, um, like octopus looking thing? Had like long, crab. Had like long, yeah. Looked like an yeah. Alaskan crab or something. Just, was it had like a mane? It was, yeah, yeah, creepy looking. The whole thing was cool. I love the whole second finish, the true finish. The clown, too, coming, coming the to the you future. Knew it was and, you know, Robbie having his hero moment. Yeah. Beats the shit out of the clown, <laughs> saves his sister. Stuffing out. Yeah, we mentioned the pool, the pool and the, the skeletons Ooh. in there. Just, boy, what a visual, too. I mean, that's something that, you know, you can, you can rag on him for... I mean, it's visually, you know. it's amazing. And I yeah. think yeah. Right. The, the Joe Beth, I mean, I, I think just acting-wise, I think is phenomenal there. Not knowing those are real, I mean... Yeah, that's, yes. that's. I think she's just so good. I from when she goes to bed until the end, I think she's fantastic in that scene. I think every everyone in this third act was just completely dialed up to eleven. Hell yep. yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Craig T. Nelson yelling at his boss like at first well, is okay. good. Okay, all right. Oh, Are we gonna do this now? Because this is my quote of the movie. Can I? Yes. Can I do yeah. It? Okay. Okay. Right. So we talked about the, the cemetery scene. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a dialed up quote here. And this is probably, I would say, most dialed up quote I've selected to this point here. He said, we're, we're, we're going up the town with it. His, the last interaction we saw was, was Craig T. Nelson and, and Teague on the, on the hill. And now we have a much darker scene. Lights out. Everything's unfolding. The neighborhood's coming apart. Everything's shit falling from the sky. And we, you know, it's like the, the gremlins attack scene with the fire hydrants exploding and, and such. And we get a face to face with with Coach Craig T. Nelson and uh, and Mr. Teague, <clears throat> and we have it here. You son of a bitch! You moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch! You left the bodies, and you only moved the headstones. You only moved the headstones. Why? Why? Wow! I mean, talk about <laughs> those two whys. I'm like, all right, Coach. <laughs> That would not work in Minnesota. Like, you're you're offsides. Land's offside. <laughs> when I say that I rewound that scene probably at least fifteen times today. And ju- I mean it is just Well then Mr. T just like selling it like he's in like a children's spoof movie where he's like, oh, <laughs> I don't think he was ready. I don't think he was ready for Craig T. Nelson uh-huh. to kick it to that. I mean he goes up decimals there with that. Yeah. 
That is like that is like Six Flags horror fest shrieking he does there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that 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 is my quote there. Grant, did you have your, your quote? There we my, Joe, you gave you did my, the, the, the actually there. my quote actually already already happens when Steve was about to go back to the office. Mm-hmm. You know, basically he's going to quit, and Steve says to his wife, "This is when they're, like, they're outside the moving vans." Right. And he says, "You know, T, he won't take go to hell for an answer." Diane says, "What are you going to do?" Steve says, I'm going to give him directions. Ah. That's a nice smile. Love that. That That is a good one. That is a good one. House exploding into itself a little too much? Was not enough? I mean, what? Did we want Teague to get sucked into the hole with it? I mean, kind of gets away with everything. Well, I mean, he's ruined. He's Mm. absolutely ruined. Yeah. (laughs) Right. All the bodies resurfacing and all that. He's fucking ruined yeah. yeah so Teague's and pound me in the ass prison in about a week yeah I don't know how I didn't see that reveal coming when I first saw it to the rest of them. like like when they did that I'm like oh snap he just moved the headphones and didn't move the bodies damn <laughs> um I will say that kind of like in the subtext in this that you're just in doing reading about it is is that they talk about how their family was the first to move in yeah yeah, and, and she was the first one. And Caroline was yeah. born there, yeah. so she was the first person born in that community. Oh. Right. So the birth of her in that neighborhood, right, confused. The it confused the souls that right. were trapped there, and that's why they were so the attracted to her. Soul, so that disrupted them, right. and that's what the, yeah they honed in on it, that. Since so. they didn't realize, you know, because that Tangina had told us that they weren't, you know, that they were dead, but didn't know they were dead because they hadn't gone to the light yet. They were confused by a new soul coming was in. Was this because... in the novelization? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they explained it all further. Well, but it is in there, in the, it's in the subtext of the movie. Yes. Because he, they, he specifically says, we moved here and she was the first one born there. And they talk about like, oh, that's interesting. You, you have the ghost asking her how old she is. Yep. You know, you're five. You're five. Five. Mm-hmm. Five. Yes. Five. Yep. Wow. Um, yeah, and the yeah, novelization so her, like yeah, really birth. like ex- expositions it and just like... Oh, takes okay. the th- because oh she was yes oh yeah no Caroline was born here oh we were the first house yeah. here it we're is one. it is there for you watching exactly the movie. and, and then, uh, just her I, birth I was I, the I catalyst think it, exactly. I think I just took away a nitpick well, well okay <laughs> we'll, still, we'll still we'll still play it out oh, we'll I still play it out. I've, I still um, I think do we have anything else we want to talk about the, the body of this thing here are we ready to no I think that's you know I, I think throwing final the, scene with the, the TV the, the throwing the TV out was it was nice yeah yeah it's nice touch it worked. Yeah, and... It um, definitely feels like a Spielberg. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was effective. And I like the, the, the main theme kicking in in the end, as opposed to the beginning. But Okay, so, we entering the nitpick zone? I think it's nitpick zone time. That's it. Okay. Yeah? <laughs> We're here. Yeah, I, I just want to say that the, uh... This movie should come with an epilepsy warning. <laughs> with how obnoxious these... The, sta- the static, quote-unquote static is... <laughs> It looks like strobe lights from a Nine Inch Nails concert. <laughs> it's 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 too much. You know, it's uh, it's it is a lot of static at you at you for once. Well, it's, yeah, it's not. It's, well, it's not the static. It's the it's how it's how they portray the static with just say Spencer's gifts. <laughs> we talked about meeting the freezers here this past weekend, Adam and Melissa from Below Freezing, and and you know we said they didn't probably really like this movie that much, and one of their things that they threw out right away with it is. And I probably think it would have to be one of the bigger nitpicks that anyone would have this movie is, why don't you move out of the damn house? You know, and there's probably a couple of points where you could say that. I mean, obviously, you'd like them to move out before Caroline gets gets sucked into the... To but the that happens. But that was, that was the same day. Yeah, it, the same it happened day. tough. Yeah. And, that, and if that happens, if you've learned that at lunchtime, and when you're going to move out, 
And it was friendly at that point. It's something moving. So there's no, like... You're building a pool in the back. It's like, it, you just moved in. It's not... And just I, leaving a house isn't so easy. But what about... And after, the dad's about to be the... Should be a partner in this whole development crew, too. So, like, this is, like, his, like, career and future. So I want to throw on top of that, though, and maybe we can answer both at once. After the, the whole, this house is clean thing, why don't you leave then? At yes. that point, we go to a motel. And, yeah. dude, there is no way... That kid is sleeping in that room. No, no another hundred percent. No. I mean, come on. He, no. he was scared of lightning earlier in the earlier in the movie. Scared of the tree outside. Carol Ann is going to sleep in the same room. She got her sucked into the closet too. Right. There's no just way. no way. They just built her no. a new headboard. No, no way. Not. No way in hell. They're all in, they're all in mom and dad's. Yeah, room. that house yep. is that house is Motel broken. Six. Right. That, yeah. that house is broken. Like yeah, yeah. we need we need a, some time away. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if it's if, if somebody says it's clean or not. Right. The moving yeah. out right yeah. after it, that happens the same day. That's not happening. Once Carol Ann's kidnapped, they're not leaving the house. So I don't yeah. the second you have Carol Ann in your arms, yeah, out the door. Right. Hundred percent. Burn that shit down. No. So a lot of mine are around similar things. So the night Carol Ann gets kidnapped, a tree breaks through the wall to try to get Robbie. Mm-hmm. Right. Tries to eat him. Tries to eat him. So the next time we see them, they say no, we don't go in that room anymore. But the wall's fixed. Who did that? Did the spirits fix it so they could contain their spinning? Oh, the mm. glass and the windows? Yeah, it's yeah, all did fixed. The, did that, did that, um, did the, did the creeps do the pool? Maybe they do a quick window? <laughs> <laughs> They're not allowed in the room, but they fixed it up real quick. My other thing is, if Robbie's, one, who sleeps with the blinds open? Two, if Robbie's so scared of the tree, why are we keeping the shades open? Yeah, yeah, because, because when they're back in the room, the shade, the the shades are drawn. Right. So, yeah. Why, yeah, why are they open? Exactly. And Maybe then... You want to keep an eye on the tree, though. You know, you don't want to know what it's doing behind I think it. Out of sight, out of mind is, is, the, is the Exactly. <laughs> and then the other thing is, so at the last, you know, the last night before the, the f- final finish, 90% of this house is packed up. But they left the clown. I, I mean, that I, cl- that clown should not be in the room in the first place. That's exactly, I, I, I thought that, that that clown should not be there. That clown should not be anywhere. No. And yeah. clearly, <laughs> this kid doesn't like it. It's not like these kids are attached to the fucking clown. The kids don't like it. So now, well, does Caroline like it? Probably not. But she's know. she's so fucking great. She probably just goes with it because she's a good person. And but, I don't think anyone's going to argue with you there, Joe. The clown had no business being in the room in the first place. Right. So it's not. And now you pack most of the house, but that's what you fucking leave. Come that's on. Great point. That's a great, point. That's a great job. Point. Great point. Um, we want to talk some football here. Okay. Bam, 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 bam. Yes. Bam, 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 bam. Okay. So we have uh, a, a group of fans who are very, very fired up for this. Very game. fired up. Okay. I, uh, I just want to interject real quick. Do you know who the guy riding the bike was? From Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, yes, it's Hitchcock. So, okay. Yeah, Hitchcock. Yep. I know. I saw that. I saw. I saw. I saw a dirt blocker. I'm like, that name sounds really familiar. Me too. Okay. Okay, so um, these guys are very passionate fans, clearly. Uh, degenerates. Yes, degenerates. Yes, okay. <laughs> Ram fans, I would think that we would have to say. That's, the Rams are... That would make sense. Yeah, Rams are sense. playing Rams, the game. Rams, Rams are Raiders. It was a Rams-Saints game. Okay. Okay, from Monday Night Football from 1980. Makes sense. Correct. Okay. That green jersey, that, that bugged me. What's this green, green jersey? Yeah, it looked like a Randall Cunningham jersey. Okay, so... The Rams never had green jerseys at any point. So what's going on here with this green jersey? Now, wasn't going to let this go. Okay, so this took some rewinding and some zooming in to figure it out here. So it is a green jersey. It's number 12. So and there's Namath. an ATH at the end there. So Namath, it's Namath. a Joe Namath jersey. Yeah. I'm doing some good. It's clearly a Joe Namath Jets jersey. Right. 
this Jet fan wearing a Joe Namath jersey is very, very excited about this game. He's not like he's the one guy sitting there not cheering well. Maybe he's an impression friend. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's a transplant. Okay. Now, Joe Namath finished his career yes. with the Rams. Yes, he did. In 1977. Okay. Okay. Played one season with the Rams. Now, I don't know here, but so Brett Favre came to the Jets at the end of his career. Did you know any Jet fans that wore Favre Packer jerseys while they were watching him play for the Jets? Maybe. Did you know any Jet fans that went out and got Favre Packer jerseys because Favre came to the Jets? Maybe this guy is just a straight-up Joe Namath fan. Okay, he was a Joe Namath fan who got really fired up when he came to California. Maybe. Or he was a new, you know, this is... Or maybe he is a transplant. Right, these are developers, maybe he's part of, you know, maybe he gets brought out, and it's like, oh shit, I could also be a fake Rams fan because Namath was on there. Listen, fraud fans are everywhere. Namath retired three seasons prior, though, so it's not like it's not like Namath was on that team. No, but maybe that's his excuse to flip, right? Like, oh, I'm a Jets fan, Joe Namath, and then, oh, Namath then I come came, in, and, and now I'm now, a Rams fan. Yeah, so now it lets me switch, but also I don't want a Rams jersey because jerseys are expensive and not that cool looking in 1981. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's bi coastal, different conferences. You're 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 okay with having two teams like that, and he's also gambling pretty heavily, so it's. Not now, I, I guess in reality, costume design probably couldn't find a, a, a name of Rams jersey, or like why could, they couldn't just get a, or that a Rams guy just, jersey, or that, or just a Rams T-shirt, or that, yeah, why, the, why, why that is guy he was wearing the, a Jets jersey, or they were just, they were extras, they were there for they were probably there for a few hours, and they said dress like you would like you go to your buddy's house to watch football, and this guy not thinking throws on a name of jersey, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, the, the fact that Namath played a... There's a choice there at some point, because Namath did play a season. He retired a Ram. Right. I, yeah. I don't know. It's, a, it's an odd thing. I, it bugged the shit out of me. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even saying... I'm not, like, pointing a finger or, right. or crying foul at anyone. I just want an explanation. Yeah. I want Steven Spielberg to write me a letter explaining what the fuck is going on. Let's, I'm, I'm sure right. when, he, when he listens... All right, PPC he'll, fans, he'll, he'll reach out let's, to you on let's, Twitter. You know, let's load him up on Twitter till we get an answer. Grant, I, you, have a, you have another one for us? So... Bodies are generally buried six feet deep, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. How are these bodies underneath the deep end of the pool? How deep are they buried? Well, this... Mm. I don't know. I don't know the that's physics like, of these like, bodies coming up from the ground to begin that's with. Like, that's like 20 feet. Right. But how old are these... Like, how old is this? Like, was the, when this place was developed, did they put more ground on? How long have people been ba- burying people for six feet? Like, but, but, some, but some are running under the surface. Right, but like, yeah, so, but like different timelines, was this like a thing, like, because I know some, seems awfully some, convenient. some, some cultures, they bury, like they, they, they just bury their family on top of each other, so if person one is buried here, then you just go right above them for the next person, and over and over and over. Yeah, but then, when they would, when they would, you, my, my, my point is, when they were digging, it was very convenient. when they were digging for the, when they are digging the they should have come up pool, with someone, they should have found at least a finger. Well, I think the other thing... <laughs> I, I think I had more of an issue with when they were coming up the slope of the pool, one of the caskets come up vertically. Yeah. Yeah, I it's, again... It's going horizontally. And, and, and all the caskets came up vertically. Oh, yeah, right. I they cannot, again, yeah. cannot get my physics around the, the corpses and the coffins rising from the ground and how they did. So I guess maybe we just have to chalk that up to supernatural activity. I think that's just supernatural. So like under, yeah. Yeah, there clearly wasn't like... like grip yeah, the beast was not, like, this will be way scarier if we go vertical instead of horizontal. Gosh, we gotta do it like a rocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bill, Bill Nye is not hopping in saying, "Well, actually, all of the activity of the coffins was scientifically accurate." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of looked at your. I mean, Grant, 
pragmatically, you're correct. Yes. But I looked at that as just like, it's fucking ghosts. Well, sure, Joey. We get everything here. We can just say it's fucking ghosts. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, never, I didn't think about it just because, like, the, the caskets made the least sense. Sure. I got something we can't blame on the ghosts. Right. I want to talk about my buddy, Tweety. Tweety Bird. Who flushes a fucking bird That's a bad down Terrible the move. toilet? Yeah, I mean, just talk move. about a Wait, pipe burst. I mean, I don't know what went on in the 80s. And maybe this is just like, oh, it's ghosts. Oh, it was the 80s. I don't know. What, what, <laughs> no, I think that's just... Flushes a... That, that's a big-ass bird. I think that's just not understanding plumbing. I think you would have had a fucking flood on the first floor if you went through with that. I get it with the fish. Yeah, I don't know that... Yeah. That was a big... That was a, that that was a big was, bird. And... and and we, we see the toilet flush before she drops in, which yeah. is an odd thing to begin with. Like, well, with I the, guess you get the water running so it doesn't get stuck, but I think it's a terrible move. Yeah, so but we see the flush. That's not like one of those toilets that's got like that... Right. That really like can, no, can, no. can suck it in here. I mean, that's, you know, that's one where, you know, if, if you're you know, using a little too much toilet paper, you're going to have some clogging issues right. to begin with. Oh, yeah. That, if you're putting a, a canary down yeah. there... That was a bad choice. That was yeah. not... Just throw the fucking thing out if that's yeah. what you're going to do. No bueno. Yeah. And, and one last thing, too, with, with the burying of this bird... I don't know, man. Everyone's different, okay? But uh, the kid wants to put the picture in the, in case he gets lonely. The kid's looking the other way. I'm pulling that picture out. It's a lovely picture of your two children and your beautiful golden retriever. That's not going in the ground. All right, we're saving that. It's going right back in the photo album. All right, we're not we're not giving up that Polaroid. Uh, that's no, just I, me. That's just me. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. With yeah, that. I would have left okay. that in. I would have left it in. If that's what my kid wanted, Michael Honor Scott. System. Yeah, Michael Scott left it in. I would left it in. Mm. <laughs> I just had the cops didn't get called. Was my last one. For for, oh, for what? the girl just did, did not being at school. Oh yeah, no I thought that too. Oh, yeah, they're not, yeah. Oh, well, it got sucked into the TV. Mm, it's the okay. 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ghosts of the 80s. They used the ghosts. Uh, anything else, guys? Any, anything else? I don't think so. No, those are, those are mine. Mine really focused around, like, the bedroom and not shutting blinds and the clown. And the, those are my big ones. And we talked about my steak issue. I have, yeah, well, yeah, Marty's an asshole is one of my nitpicks. We, we talked about that. I have one last one with the kid, Brady the Tree. He looked real comfortable climbing the tree earlier that day. I'm just saying, if you're that terrified of the tree, what are you climbing oh, it for? You know, yeah. You're sitting in there climbing oh, it, hanging. You know what? Shooting wisecracks on the top, yeah, saying, you wouldn't be digging up the bones. You don't climb a tree you're terrified of. Yeah, is, it, like, is it only scary at night? I, I, you know, I, I mean, it definitely looks scary. I didn't he looked think about pretty it. damn comfortable climbing that tree. That's a great call. And so clearly he had climbed that before. At he that was point. sitting up there like John fucking Wayne. All right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, um, do, I do have, a, uh, I do have a, another nut pick. It rains quite a bit for a desert climate. It it does. It does. And that's yeah. going to lead into my next one, my final one, because I'm not going to go kill putting the kid in the cab on the way alone on the way to grandma. That was that. that uh, I'll, I'll, there's a lot going that was, on. Kid, kids get put on planes and shit, so I'm okay. It's and, the but, 80s. And both, and both parents <laughs> had to be at the house. Right. I'm okay, so that. it raining this much in Southern California is super questionable to begin with. Yes. Ah. Uh, while we're building a pool out back, it seems to be raining a lot. Are we going to cover this thing up? Could we only get a, get a tarp? I mean, there's some major construction here. They're just digging with shovels and leaving the mud and the dirt out in the rain. I, I don't I, know. I don't know what the. I don't know what the construction for something like that. I don't know if water damages that. There has well, to be it was just mud at that point. There's no. They they, they put, didn't put like a liner in yet. Right. But if you're digging a hole in the ground, you're not just letting it take on water. You got to be putting tarps over. It's fair. Think about all the I mean, work there, you're there, losing there was, by having the, it fill up with water. And there was, I mean, it was it was deep. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, got to be bone deep. dry when you pour cement into it. I mean, bone oh, yeah. dry. Yeah. Because there's bones in it. 
<laughs> um. Oh boy. Well, there are your nitpicks. Do we have anything else? We get we we got on. I think we got it all out of our system. There. Yeah, I think excellent. I think that, I think those were good. That was efficient nitpick zone. I love it. Um, I love it. So uh, before we go to the awards, I just want to do a quick sequel, spinoffs, and remakes, where we just talk about kind of everything that uh, that came after it. Or could come after. We're not. We'll spend a lot of time with this because I have not seen any of the sequels. I, I have not seen the remakes. Have either of you? Nope. I have not seen the second one. I have seen the third one. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. What is the premise? She moves in with Ann Uncle in a skyscraper. Oh, the guy from Top Gun, right? Yeah. Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt and poltergeisting ensues. So these ghosts are just following her around. Yeah. So the second one, they move. I've read the synopsis of the second one. The whole family's back for the second one. Okay. And uh, she comes back. Directors, no. Toby Hooper does not direct. No, no, no. And Spielberg's yeah. not involved. Either. No, the family. Uh, I've never seen the second one that I remember. Maybe I did as a kid at some point. Um, I remember very little from the third one, except for you know the, you know the skyscraper building. It's in more of a city, and I remember being thinking it was very bad. Is there more Dodgers memorabilia in this one? Uh, and then the later ones, we had to deal with Dodgers hats in this right. one. They almost even Dodgers hats. And I just had to watch the Braves lose to the Dodgers. Um, you know, what we're talking about, a curse for the Dodgers. Come on, blowing a three-run lead in the game. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I, I I will say this about the remake. I did not see it. Uh, okay. I did watch the trailer today. And if we want to talk about how, about how trailers are just toxic to begin with, and you talk about the strengths of Poltergeist... Versus, and again, I don't know who decides the trailers. I don't know if it's the, it's got to be, I would imagine the filmmakers don't pick the trailers. Filmmakers have no idea. No, it's the distribution company who does it. So in the trailer, we have them saying, you know, it's um, Sam Rockwell, as you guys said, he plays the Craig T. Nelson character. And he goes, yeah, you know, uh, the house is built on like a a, a cemetery, but they didn't move the body, so it was still built on it. It's like, oh, okay, all right, well, good. That's the most, like, intriguing part of the first right. movie that we find out when things <laughs> break down. Like, now I just oh. saw I just saw this jackass say it in the, in the trailer of this I, one. I love Sam Rockwell so much, but I will not support that movie. Also, we get the mm-hmm. clown attacking the kid in the trailer. Like, like, should, oh, like, really? Yeah, it's like, what, oh, the, what's the, cl- just... the clown's, like, on the poster. Oh, really? The clown is in the poster. It's a yeah. much grizzlier-looking clown. Oh, yeah, so I've, much I, when that came out, I completely ignored it as an entity. I so yeah. it's, it's basically they're they're advertising as like, okay, you've seen the first Poltergeist. This one's just scarier. Now just watch this one. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so it's so not, it just so it's even lazier than most remakes, is what you're it telling me. It seems that way. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, produced by our boy Sam Raimi, though. Oh, mm. really? Yeah, yeah. So it gets the whole. From the makers of Evil Dead. Oh, and I yeah, trust like, Sam Raimi, yeah. too, but... Yeah, but a producer. He didn't direct it. Oh! So like, producer's okay. kind of a funny word. Like You just help get it, Because some, sometimes producers have a very influential... Have a, have a, sometimes producers have a big influence on the movie, like Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just kind of the money behind right, it. Right, right. You know, oh, they're so just getting they're getting paid themselves to put their name on it. Right. Yeah, yeah so. so you know. Yeah. So it looks regrettable. Um we did there was that T V series too. I don't know much about it other than I, I definitely saw it. I remember it, I remember it as an scared entity, the shit but... out of me when I was when I was little. Because <laughs> I was like kind of a, a fan of, uh, as growing up as a fan of the X Files and that kinda had yeah. similar vibes into that too. So I don't remember um, it. I remember the, I remember like I mean I remember X Files episodes so well. Wanted to bounce this off you guys real quick too, just while we're it just came up. Saw this question on Twitter: What was your favorite? If you could pick one horror TV show, what would the, was the first place you'd go? Do you think X Files could qualify under that tag, or is it too science fiction? Because there's definitely episodes that are there horror. Are episodes, or that are episodes. Scary. I, I feel like so you could get away with answering that question yeah. quick with X Files. I, I think 
I think that's one of the really cool things about X Files is that it wasn't just one thing. Yeah, that it's because I'm, you know, I, I you don't you don't know what you, from week to week you don't know what you're gonna get. right because there were some episodes that were straight horror. Mm-hmm. So in in talks of in talks of sequels, spinoffs, and remakes, Grant, maybe even though we've been we've had some sequels and we've had some remakes, you have uh, a yeah. little uh, a, a, another twist on it's the a, it's a spinoff. It's a spin-off. Uh, it's our it's our it's our girls, uh, Tangina. And uh, it's a HGTV show, where she, where she, <laughs> she clean she cleans house she cleanses houses that are possessed or or you know she exercises houses. She, I like it. She houses. houses she exercises houses. Exercises houses. And uh, I, I don't know. I well, the name I have for it right now is called Paranormal Flip. Okay. But I don't know. I, it's a it's a working title. I like it. I like it. We can have Sam Raimi involved in the the production behind it. I would like it. Yeah, yeah. you get the money. You can take money, take the money from anywhere. So speaking of Twitter, we do have a couple of Twitter questions here. We put the uh, we put the tweet out late late this time. We put it kind of out as we started recording. We'll see if there was anything that popped up at the end here. We got hey, a few. One is love the face from uh, from Oz, and I haven't read these questions yet. I'm reading them aloud and processing them just as you guys are too. So great. Um, our own our own Greg Oz What's up, man? says. Diane is 32 with a 16-year-old daughter. Steven's age is not stated, but the actor was approximately 38, meaning Steven, 22, and Diane, 15, 16, the time of the deed. How long is an appropriate prison (laughs) sentence for Steven? (laughs) So, Joey, I think that you answered that question there with your your novelization loophole. (laughs) Uh, I guess, do you think... Now, the next question would be is, do you think that it was intended within the script that, that she was a daughter from another marriage and it just, in the production of the movie, didn't come out? Or you think that they did the math after the fact and was like, ooh, we might be running into some shady yeah. ground here, so we got to correct this. They should have made it. They should have done whatever they... Like, after test screenings, just do... <laughs> just cram an ADR line in there when he's, like, talking to Dr. Leash. You know, just, <laughs> you know, just, like, just something, just so it doesn't... Uh... Come across that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could could maybe say that, you know, after having, you know, raising three kids, Stephen's a little worn down, so he looks 38 when he's really 33. Not right. impossible. No. He does not look like he's in his early 30s, though. No, he does not. No. And, you know, yeah, he does. Um, People play in their age, you never know. I mean, the 16-year-old is 21, so. Yeah. So, so maybe they'll point to saying in the script, Right, it said yeah. that. I mean. So for so to answer Ross's questions for all intents and purposes, he did not do any wrongdoing legally. Yes, yes, as we know. Although but, we don't know. Although we don't know how old the baby mama is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he did not go to the bone zone with a fifteen-year-old. No, I hope not. So appropriate, appropriate prison sentences. We'll leave that to the yes. lawyers. So Oz could probably answer his own question a little better than that. Uh, Zeta Short asks, "Why did Joe Beth Williams not become a bigger star?" If you've seen the film Teachers, which features Williams in a starring role, what do you think of that? I haven't seen Teachers. Guys, you've seen Teachers? I have no. not, but no. it's, it's actually a great question because I think she's really great in this movie. Yeah, I, I am a huge fan of her in this, and I actually went through IMDb to see what else she did so I could see her in other things, or what else have I seen her in. I was pretty blown away that TV parts, an episode here, an episode there, just nothing big. I, I don't know. I, I think she did a really great job here, so I am surprised. Take it for what you will. Um, I 
kind of thought her performance was a little bit all over the place, and I personally am not surprised she wasn't in much okay. else. That's just me. That was my take. I, when I went to look at her IMDb page, I said to myself, I bet you she's probably not in anything else that relevant. It, it just, and that was just my take. I, I don't know. Okay. So, but yeah, it looked like just kind of a TV actress. Now on the, who, who knows? Maybe maybe it was her choice too. Maybe yeah, that's uh, that, that happens all the time. Yeah, we got that with the Back to the Future and um, right. Marty's girlfriend in, in, in that one. Um, I, I, that, on the flip side of that, Beatrice Strait, that was one where I looked at and I go, I bet you she's, I bet you she's a, a, a big time actress or someone who's done stuff before, done that. And then, then I looked it up and said, oh, she was a network. Okay, there you go. So yeah. I might have just recognized her from I think I think, she's a, I think she's a Long Islander too. Is that right? Yeah. Ryan DB says she's from Old Westbury. Yeah. Cool. So those are our, our Twitter questions there. I think it's time for the awards. Are we ready to go? Here. Yeah, let's this do it. Yeah. All right. I, uh, just in... Hashing this combo out, I kind of feel like our awards are going to be all over the place. I don't think that we're, we're going to be very simpatico. I think we've, no. we've yeah, actually no. kind of had some contentious headbutting. Yeah. Bit, so I, which I, I like, always like. So uh, let's start. MVP. Joey, you, you, you perked up there. Let's, let's go. What do you got? I did Diane. Joe Beth Williams. I, okay. I really, really liked what she did. I, I thought it was I think it worked for me. Um, the, the all over the placeness, I see it, but I do think it kind of fit with someone going through something. So... I, I really think it worked. I'm a big supporter of her, and I um, thought she was great. Cool. I love it. I love it. Uh, good choice there. Grant, MVP. Um, Zelda Rubenstein. I, I think she's she's in it for a short period of time, but she commands her presence. Mm. She makes every single she, yeah, second she's, she's on count. Yeah. No wasted motion. Exactly. She's great. And, 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 she complete, and, and this is what, you know Carol Ann, and then you know her. Like, that's mm. the two things you're taking away from Poltergeist. Yeah, I want to say that was probably my runner-up. I, I think going into my rewatch, that was going to be my choice. Um, okay. I uh, went a different route, though. Uh, my MVPs for this one is the uh, the visual effects team for this one, the Oscar-nominated visual effects team, which included three people here, and they are Richard Edlund, Michael Wood, and Bruce Nicholson. Richard Edlund is a, a famous visual director guy. has won two Oscars. Uh, one for the original Star Wars, New Hope, and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. So he did all the, all three Star Wars movies, did all the visual effects on those. He did the visual effects in the Indiana Jones movies. Other movies that he was nominated uh, for an Oscar for were Alien 3, Poltergeist 2, Die Hard, Ghostbusters, and 2010, The Year We Make Contact. So, yeah, those three guys, I mean, I, I get it where it doesn't work for some people. To me, it totally worked. I love the visual effects in this movie. I love the practical nature of them using the the um, the rotating room that to, cool. to look like uh, was she cool. was crawling up the wall. Stationary camera um, in a rotating room just works. Get the fans where she's yeah. holding onto the bed. Just little stuff like that you miss you miss out on on today's uh, today's CGI saturated uh, world of cinema. So um, those were my MVPs there. LVPs, Grant. My LVP is uh, Dominique Dunn. Unfortunately. It's uh, everything I said about Zelda, about making the most out of her limited time. Uh, I feel like she does the opposite. Yes, Dominic Dunn, tragic story. Um, she played Dana in this one. I will uh, second that as my LVP. It's uh, oh. also my LVP. Wow. Just, um, you know, I, I did kind of have a little bit of a caveat that, and, and kind of like any time we do these LVPs, a lot, like, I think you said it last week. Grant, you're saying like, well, then you mean the LVP is the screenwriter. So like, when we the, the character LVPs, you know, 
that's how it goes sometimes. I mean, and, well, I, and I'm I, not even doing character. I'm doing yeah, the actress, yeah, actor, yeah, yeah, and and I I am also okay. yeah, but I think that the the character there wasn't a lot for her to to do with it. But I, I think we've seen many a times where where an actor or actress is given a little and they're able to make it work within the world of the movie. And I didn't see that out of her. I thought she was all over the place. I thought her I thought her character had very little character. I just it, there was nothing I couldn't really get my head around where they were going with that, other than she was just the older daughter who was asleep in her friend's house a lot and who may or may not be have another mom or something, you know, like it, right. it just, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. So that's right. Joey LVP. Are we going back to picking a, picking a, a, an actor or actress here? Yeah. No, no, none of that bullshit. Okay. He's back. Week. Joey, yeah. uh, Joey yeah. R is back. I, I hated myself after last week. I was driving home <laughs> just mad that I copped out. Uh, Mr. Teague, because fuck that guy. The heel. Okay. Uh, if he, if he, if he has some ethical business practices, Caroline doesn't get traumatized. Hmm. Okay, so you're going, you go, you're, you're yeah. back, and you're just burying the heel. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> he didn't get his comeuppance really at the end of the movie, at least on screen. Yeah, uh, so, yeah but you know, but he's 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 in but trouble. He, yeah. he's, he's probably gonna, you know, he he alludes that he has other partners. I assume he's gonna blame them because he sucks. Yeah, there's probably a lawsuit or two coming his way. I would imagine. I mean, the whole the whole company's so. going under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, fuck that guy. <clears throat> okay, it's yeah, fair. Mr. T. It's very fair. Participation award. Throwing a little, uh, throwing a little hardware someone's way. Um, I'll go first. I mean, I don't like giving participation awards to MVP eligible characters. I kind of, I kind of live by that standard. So I am going to, in my estimation, break that here. I am giving my participation award to Heather O'Rourke as Carol Ann. I don't think this movie is the same without her performance. I really don't. I think she is an MVP candidate. I think that's how oh, good yeah, she is. For sure. uh, She's my runner-up as well, my participation award okay. as well. Um, I think that as I was looking at people while she was in the MVP running, I think doing this without giving her something didn't feel right because of how good she was. Yeah, being off screen for so long was kind of my cop-out as far as... Um, again, it's like one of those like things where she's off screen, but she's in the house. So it's kind right. of... She's basically her, her spirit. She's the driving force. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's easy. Good, cute kid. Very, very sad. Uh, sad fate for her as well. And, um, but uh, I'm happy that uh, that she is, lives on through the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my participation is a smaller role. And it's Richard Lawson as Ryan, the the other paranormal investigator. Yeah, uh, I think he I think he did a great job. Uh, I liked his character. I liked his energy. I liked what he what he brought to the movie. Great facial reactions. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Oh, scene scene of, of the movie. Scene of the movie. Interested to see what you guys have in this one because this is kind of a this is a cool cool movie where you can. Scene of the movie, you can go with something very big, right? Or you can go with something really kind of in between the lines, more dialogue driven. So it, 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 we don't often get to talk about a movie like that too often. Yeah. It's, so um, I'm I'm interested to see where you're gonna go. So uh, Joey, why don't you give me your scene of the movie first? I did the true ending. I went big, the final ending. Wow. From the time yeah, that's that's as big as it gets. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. she says good night, I just. I love a good false finish, and I love a good just like I think the end. No, to say the end, you're talking about like the like the neighborhood exploding. Yeah, Yeah. from from literally from the time when you know everybody goes to bed and coaches at work and just you know, oh, just ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, Yeah, that that whole thing. Like I fucking love that so much. Yeah, all right. Mine is a is a really small moment, uh, but it's a really effective moment. 
uh, it's when the chairs in the kitchen stack up mm-hmm. with the sink with this, this single shot. Yeah, where it follows follows Diane further into the kitchen, like to the sink, right. and it comes back, and all the chairs that were on the that are on the floor are now stacked intricately on the table. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's, it. it's a really cool moment. It's a really cool effect, uh, and how they did it. It's yeah, again very uh, Spielbergian. You yep. know, with a uh, kind of friendly ghost yeah. vibes. You know, it wasn't like threatening ghosts yet. Not you then. Know? Yeah. Just having fun. Um, yes. Yes. Very cool. Uh, mine was the was was Craig T. Nelson and, and Teague, coaching Teague up on the up on the the hilltop. That's a good one. In the cemetery, cool. kind of explaining to him that he's going to move the cemetery and build even further into this community. Love how the scene was lit. Beautiful sunny day. The whole, you know, how could anyone? How could anyone have a problem on a day like this? Um, (laughs) Just, it's just such a great scene. You know, it's just a great scene. It 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 brings a smile to my face and in um, kind of a really dark scene, (laughs) (laughs) content wise. Like yeah, the theme theme of that scene and like what they're telling you is real morbid. Yeah, and I think to up until that point of the movie, I didn't really care. Okay. You know, like thematically and storyline lives is just kind of your typical thing. And that like, that's when I'm like, ooh, there's like, we're talking about development. We're talking about um, ex- expanding, you know, there you get a little bit of that manifest destiny kind of thing going yeah. on and, and just real, real cool. Time Machine Recast. We ready for it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I have kind of like a, I, I'm, I fear that my answer is a little chalk so I'm I'm worried that someone's gonna take it so but I'm gonna because of that I will I will absorb the uh, I will absorb it if it happens so I'll let you guys go first Uh, Joe why don't you do it for us because we know who you're you're gonna be recasting your LBT so Um, you will not be taking mine Mr. Teague and I thought who would be a good just real piece of shit but who would be not reacting like a Scooby Doo villain when Craig T. Nelson yells at him Christopher McDonald Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought he would be great as the shithole developer. Now, are we talking like Christopher McDonald now? Uh, Christopher McDonald, no, like like Billy Madison days. Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I outthought myself. Yeah, um, like young came into some money. Yeah, came into some money and just... Absolute piece of shit to keep making money. So we're okay. making the character much younger. Yeah, like okay. Craig T. Nelson's age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Or like Pierce. Okay, interesting. Cool. I I, I like it. It's a, two weeks in a row, we're do, we're using uh, Adam Sandler movie yeah. villains. So <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. Grant, what do we got? Um, mine is uh, I'm recasting Dominique Dunn. Um, also recasting your LBP. Yes, I'm taking a page out of Joey's book. Um, I'm going with a uh, a young Kate Mara. Mm. Oh, okay. Love so, Kate Mara. Me oh, too. me too. Yeah, she's great. Um, that would be effective. So, like, and this will be, like, when she's in her late teens, early 20s, when mm-hmm. she's doing kind of, like, one-off episodes on, like, Boston Public and things like that. Right. So it's like she's younger and she's still small enough to have a role like that. Yeah, and she like is, that. like yeah. the actress who played Dana in the movie, she can play down to her age. She's very young-looking, too. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you could you could definitely slide her into that role. We didn't have to go that early in her, in her filmography. Yeah. Um, okay, so you guys didn't end up taking one. Um, there you go. So I am recasting uh, Diane, Joe Beth Williams. I am going with an Oscar-nominated actress who is no stranger to the genre. She's no stranger to ghost movies. In fact, she got her nomination in a ghost movie, 
And that was, of course, in The Sixth Sense. And I'm picking Toni Collette to hop into that role. Uh, She also played the mom in Hereditary. I think that just in what she's done with with those two movies and her her prowess as an actress, I think that she'd add a little more substance that I was looking for out of that character. I did kind of like the ditziness of the of the young mom of three kids, but uh, I I just I think Tony Collette could could take that to a higher caliber, a higher caliber there. Yeah, Tony Collette's so, great. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I mean Hereditary, she's, she's phenomenal. She should have been nominated for that. Yeah, I know that's a that's a common that's a common uh, yeah, uh, film Twitter take there. Unbelievable in that movie. All right, good good choices all around. Good choices all around. We've reached the point here where we're going to do our recommends. If you watched Poltergeist, if you like Poltergeist, if you didn't like Poltergeist, where are we going to send you next? Uh, whether it's a double feature or uh, you need to take a break and you know watch it the next day or whatever. But so. so when I was thinking, I was initially at Haunted House horror movies, but none were really hitting me as much as I do love them. I kept thinking about The Clown. And what I came to was a movie, an early B, bad movie, you know, worst picture cast connection as well that I love from Ooh. 1988, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Just an absurd, ridiculous, fun movie. So I, I think after this, you know, you need a little palate cleanser that's fun but still scary. I think Killer Clowns is, 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 is a great way to go. That's a good one. Wow. Okay. So this leads me to my next question I have to ask. That is Worst Picture Cast eligible. Uh, I don't know, actually. Yeah, I don't okay. know. It, it, you're, just, you're just throwing stuff out there. We're not ready yet. Like, you guys, you guys are, it's are, are, are going to fight over it's, that. It's close. Okay, cool. I mean, that is not what I've seen. Oh, I know they had, a, uh, they had an airing of it at uh, the, um, the indie movie theater by yeah. us, which hasn't reopened yet, but before right. everything went down. Um, I Yeah, wow. Okay. So... Killer, it's, killer, it's, killer clouds from outer space. Good stuff, man, and I, it fits, and it's it's right there. Grant, have you seen oh, Killer yeah. Clowns? Yeah, of yes. course, okay. yeah. It's awesome. All right, so you you guys have to hit the hit the um, hit the war room and find out if it's if it's WPC. I it's close. Clear. Yeah, it, it's on it's, it's on the cusp. I think I have to see what the I, I have to take a look. Okay, this, this might right. have, this might have been theatrical. So okay. we'll have to see. So there there you have it. The uh, the horror fest winner, Joey R says, go out and watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's a wild which movie. might win next year's tournament. We'll see. Wild to see. Yeah, I, I, with this one, I had to kind of stick into some sort of thematic vibes here and, and some uh, story elements. I'm going to go with a movie that I actually selected in our first Harfest tournament. It has a similar similar story vibes along with burial grounds and and building on haunted places <laughs> and and whatnot here and I'm going with uh, what is also my favorite book of all time by the great Stephen King and that is going to be 1989's Pet Cemetery. Love it. Nice. A a cult classic, I guess you can say, as far as the movie goes. It's not the greatest movie ever made. It's I, I don't I've always kind of felt it didn't necessarily give the book the best justice it deserves, but really? it was a big hit. Okay. Yeah, it's a little campy, you know, and I think that the book is is I've never read the book. I've yeah, it's movie. it's the book is really, really rich in themes and is just it's 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 so it's so deep, and there's you can you can if you want to you can really go deep with with the meaning of everything and, and whatnot there, and the movie it gets gets written off as a little campy, and that's why I was excited for the remake came out. I appreciated the remake, but like okay. all remakes, they're never 
uh, really what you thought sure. that they would be, yeah. much like things coming back from the dead that you bury in the ground. Um, I, I encourage anyone to read the book. If you're a reader, if you're not a reader, it's only about a, I know some of Stephen King's books are really long. It's only about 300 pages and change. If you have to just go see the movie, go see the movie too. If you stumble upon the remake, you can watch the remake without having seen the original. Right. They're all kind of working in the same, uh, the same kind of light, same kind of world. But it's, it's, it's a very cool premise and a good movie. A really awesome performance by Fred Gwynn. Check it out. Pet Cemetery. There you go. 1989. Okay. Grancy? Uh, mine's pretty on par with, uh, with Poltergeist. It's a nice double feature. Movie about a haunted house. Uh, takes place on Long Island, and it's Amityville Horror. Mm. Nice. It's uh, it's not as good as Poltergeist. I actually rewatched this recent, you know, like a couple of years ago, and it's it's not my favorite, but I think it's a nice it's a nice uh, double feature. Cool. Yeah, it's a good Speak- movie. It's not great though. Speaking of remakes, are you talking about the Ryan Reynolds version? Or I'm talking about the James Brolin, Margot Kidder. Okay. Version. You're going OJ. Yeah. I've never seen the Ryan Reynolds one. Uh, I have not either. I have only seen the Ryan Reynolds one. Yeah, I've, okay. seen the, I've seen the original one. And talking about being close to it, that's only a couple of miles the other way. We're, we're down here on that, too. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's five minutes away. Yeah, we're right in the middle of uh, a lot of things here. And if you're looking for recommends to shape your abs, I highly recommend the Ryan Reynolds version because you won't see uh, abs on screen quite that uh, He's a specimen. Quite he's, that crisp. He's just the best. Yes. So, um, so we have from Joey R. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We have from Kieran B. Pet Cemetery, 1989. And we have from Grant Z., the Amityville Horror, 1979. Yes. Three great recommends. And gentlemen, we come to the end of another one. Another tournament, too. The end of another tournament here. Our second BPC Harvest. We've done this thing two years in a row now. Can't wait for next year. I'm sad it's over. I yeah, know. I know. These are so much fun when they're they over. They are. They're a ton of fun. Like, from the whole thing, the the... The draft to everyone talking about it to everyone's terrible takes in the beginning because well, <laughs> only with the one or two things they've seen it's it's a lot of fun and just yelling at each other and then just seeing how many people actually came out and voted this time was oh incredible that was, incredible yeah, we thank, thank all of our yeah. all of our Twitter followers anyone who voted even if you voted for one pool one time that's it that's awesome we appreciate it we're up at about twelve hundred followers now it's really incredible stuff that's great. And, it's phenomenal um, appreciate anyone who follows us even if you you know even if you don't listen. Or if you do listen and don't interact, whatever it is, we you know really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at Best Picture Cast, also on Instagram, also on Letterbox, also on Facebook. We're always out there talking to the people and and and, and listen. I, mean, I know that there's people out there who listen and don't do the interacting thing, and that's yeah, totally that's cool too. We appreciate every one of those plays that, that you push there for okay. us. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email uh, in you know anonymity where you don't want to get shouted out or anything, you just want to. Kind of just uh, give us some thoughts or rip us apart a little bit for some bad takes. You can email us at bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. That's bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. Again, the handle for all the Twitter accounts is at bestpicturecast. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. That's us. Grant, say goodbyes here. Goodbye. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank thank you. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for uh, for voting. It It was really, it was kind of humbling in a way. To uh, see everyone coming out and and uh, yeah, we'll see you again next year for this uh, for this spooky tournament. Yeah, I mean last last year we got pumped up when one of the pools hit, hit like forty one people. We were all like, holy shit! So now that this one, I think pretty much all of them surpassed a hundred, but Consist- a couple hit one hundred fifty consistently triple digits. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's super amazing and so much appreciated and uh, 
Yeah, two wins. I got to That's it. You got to get the third one now. I should mention too that Jay was once again the runner up. His third time Jay's as a runner up. Jay, you're a coward. <laughs> well, he's on brand at least. He's yeah. on brand with not no showing for the episode. He's the he's third a time. Sore loser. The only one he, he showed up for was the one he didn't make the finals in, which is the animation. So he kind of came in. He did, that was his representation in the other two. Sure. But oh. he did reach me on the side. He goes, "Oh my God, I've lost three times in a row. Now this is this is this is he's the Bills." Uh, well, he's got one more to officially become yeah. the Bills here, so we'll, we'll see what happens he's... next time. Uh, we will have another sort of draft coming up. In the future, probably around Ooh. January, February. We'll release details on that later. And this is our, our Halloween, October spooky season episode. We will have a Thanksgiving episode. Joey will be there on back for that one. Cannot wait. It's going to be me, you, and Chris G. It's going to be, if you're, if you're a close follower, it's gonna be, there are going to be some ties to last year's episode. It's going to be the same crew. Last year did yep. the Shawshank Redemption. Yep. And we're not going to say exactly what episode we're doing just yet. We'll wait till we get into November for that one. But it will be. It's going to be worth it. Yes, it's going to be. It's a. It's it's eighties. We'll yep. put it that way. It's an eighties classic, and there will be some ties to the Shawshank Redemption. So it will be another honorary episode in the eighties. You can bet on that one. Uh, we'll also be doing a Christmas episode with the three of us. Will be there. Yep. yep. And we might. Uh, we're going to be doing a beloved Christmas movie of of somewhat modern times. Certainly not the eighties. We're going to no. Be, we're we're staying away from the eighties for something. Yeah, we won't say what that is yet. But we will also have a fourth guest who has not seen this movie. Yes. And uh, it's Artie B. Artie B will be here for this one. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Yes, that's yeah, going that, to that's that's be fun. That's going to be a fun when we tell people what it is and just the whole. That's just it's going to be awesome. Yes, yeah, so those will be our, our final two honorary episodes of the year. Our Thanksgiving episode, which we plan on doing every year, which will drop on Thanksgiving. Now that Thursday is a, is a Worst Picture Cast release day for us. We can comfortably... Yeah. Um, yeah we'll drop that thir- Thanksgiving. It won't interrupt our regular schedule. We plan on dropping... Episodes every Monday from here on out to the end of the year. It's going to be yes, a lot great. of fun. We have a ton of content yeah. coming. We got those top ten episodes. We got Lots plenty of more coming. Out. More of those, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be going to be good stuff here. So, thank you everyone for listening. Grant, thank you for coming. Joey R, thank you for winning and taking us home with this uh, wonderful movie. I'm, I'm happy you. to I'm talk about for it. Number three, Grant. <laughs> That's First picture it. cast. We need to be six and zero here. That'd be great. <laughs> I love it. I love it, guys. And uh, yeah, so I think we can comfortably say this podcast is clean.